0: Happy Halloween and welcome to Oscar Sunday. Uh, I've got two special guests with me today. I've got my man Connor and of course Caleb to come in to talk a little bit. A little bit of horror. Uh, how are you guys doing? Uh, you know, we're we're, we're knocking down a, a big time movie here with Carrie. So this is this is one I I've, I've been super stoked to do, and you guys had to be here. You know, so Connor, I want to hear uh, I want to hear your kind of a uh, history with this movie,
1: Carrie. Oh boy, this is uh this is the one that started everything. This was Stephen King's first novel, his first yeah. film adaptation, and one of the best like, projects he's ever done and yeah. still one of the best adaptations ever, one of Brian De Palma's best films. Well, kind of one, like one of the quintessential like, high school movies. Um, yeah. I've been watching Shudder's 101 Scariest Movie Moments, and Carrie makes an appearance there. And um, I don't remember who said it, but somebody said that Carrie is the movie. I think it was Joe Bob. We said Carrie kind of changed the way we look at high school movies. And yes, Stephen King must've had a fucking terrible time in high school because all of his school related projects are just absolute hell, like crazy ass over the top bullies and just isolation. It's <laughs> wild. But um, yeah, I've, I've, I've loved Carrie for a very long time. It's, it's been a yeah. favorite of mine forever. Such a great book, such a great movie. I still haven't seen the remake because I've heard it's terrible and not worth my time. It was pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll do it on Beyond the Bad at some point, but Carrie is good enough to be on this show, so I'm I'm psyched to talk about this. This is going to be fun.
2: Oh yeah,
0: Caleb, uh, what's your 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 uh, relationship with this movie?
2: Oh, I mean, um, it's funny enough, not the first adaptation of Stephen King's worked uh work I've watched. Um, but you know, when I was very much getting into Stephen King big time as a kid, uh my first book of his was It. So I started going on that rabbit hole, you know, I eventually led my way to Carrie. Um really liked it. I remember thinking like, how in the hell do they adapt this what's a you know, uh uh what's the word, epistolatory uh novel into an actual movie? I'm like, how the hell do they pull this off? You know, and as I'm digging to the adaptations, I I forget how, but I've got my hands on, you know, Brian De Palma's Carrie, And the, I remember the first time putting on just being blown away by how good this was. Because i mainly with Stephen King adaptations, you get, like, very different in the spectrums. Um, Yeah. This one being so far on the side of good, like, wow. What Brian De Palma pulled off both in adapting and doing a lot of his very, very famous camera work that he's known for. Boy, does that do love his camera. Yeah. Um, um yeah this is a great film um we'll get more into it, but this is just like it it blew me away with how good this film was um even my own parents were like oh when i was getting to king they're like you gotta check out carrie like see spacex really good and then this is a really good movie and yeah it 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 captures everything about like what makes king great and that he can you know he gets you into these characters even though they're like you said con there's some over-the-top bullies in all of king's work Uh um Yeah. It, you know, it gets you into the characters. It makes you care before all the supernatural stuff starts to go down. Yeah. Yeah,
0: That's a, that's a, that's a a really good point. I think this time, uh, when I watched it last night, we're recording this on, on Saturday night. So this will be out on Sunday. And then, of course, Monday is Halloween. So we wanted to do like a big classic horror movie. And we've never really like dug into Carrie properly, uh, whether we've like kind of beat around the bush or, I don't know. I I know we've mentioned it a few times on on this show because we've been to 1976 with uh, we did Rocky and Taxi Driver in the past, so we've kind of mentioned it, but we've never really dug into Carrie and why it's so special. And I think because it is like, um, like you know, a, a super dark, you know, like a high school movie that you can feel something under underneath what's happening the first hour or so. Like Caleb said before, the the supernatural. Telekinetic shit happens, uh, but it's it's very much leading up to a moment. It's leading up to like a big cinematic moment, and uh, my, my my like relationship with this is, I I wasn't really exposed to horror movies too much as a kid, and even these big classic ones, but there's something about this movie that my mom also liked because of Sissy Spacek, because of Piper Laurie, and and because of Brian De Palma, because this guy went on to have this really amazing career and do, you know, Scarface and fucking stuff like that, all the way to, you know, like a, a mission impossible, you know, he has this crazy filmography. And so there's, there's like this respect that Carrie carries with it. <laughs> and I I've always loved that about it, you know? Um, and Connor, you said it's good enough to, to be on this show. This is a movie we've probably should have done a long time ago on film You know, it's just one of the quintessential horror movies of the seventies it was up for two Oscars. That's why we're doing it here. Uh, and I wanted to do a 70s horror movie near Halloween because I want to do another draft with you guys. Um, that is undeniably my favorite decade of of especially American cinema. It's not really even close. The 70s are, are like, it's like the king for me. And I think specifically in horror, it has so much cool shit to offer, whether it be, you know, the, the monstrous movies like Jaws or, The Exorcist or Alien. There's also a lot of really like niche, you know, shit that's like up someone's alley and someone else is gonna hate. I think the 70s and 80s just have so many random little fucking movies, these gems in the horror genre that uh, I've I've just fallen in love with as I've gotten older. So I want to draft some movies with you guys, and uh, you know, we'll do carry awards later. We'll look at that ceremony at the uh, 49th Academy Awards. We'll look at that later. But this is mostly about honoring. Horror movies, because that's, you know, that's kind of what brought us three together. That's why we like, that's our favorite thing to talk about. Anytime we do a big horror movie, we got to bring Caleb on. And uh, this, to me, is our most ambitious draft.
1: Uh, real quick, I do want to point out that um, I actually did do Carrie on film gas You did
0: it by yourself,
1: didn't you? One of the first, like, 15 episodes. you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, I was just, it was me with a microphone trying to figure out what the hell this was and just picking movies i wanted to talk about and devoting like 15 to 20 minutes of pop because i was like just talking too fast i was too nervous and we didn't do it proper so this is this is carry proper that would have been
0: let's see that would have been fucking what four almost like three three
1: three and a half years ago or some shit yeah yeah i think we we started it like may 2019 i want to say Jesus, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so that was that was around then. So over three years, like three and a half years. So that's pretty that's pretty fucking crazy. Um yeah, that's right. You did some major movies at that that first run before before I was able to come on. And then of course before Caleb and, and Josh came into the fold. Uh we always knew Caleb was gonna come come around. Uh but yeah,
1: you did some bangers. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, yeah, you know, I wish things had worked out differently. That you know, that first run of I feel like those are all just empty episodes that add nothing to the discussion because it's just me talking to a wall very fast with no discussion. And yeah, they're not great. But you know what? We've we've redone a couple of them now. We've brought a lot over to Oscar Sunday. I don't think we brought any to be on the bad because I was I wasn't consciously choosing terrible movies. But anyway, you know, this is it's fun to revisit. And this is going to be exciting. There's a lot of movies here to to talk about oh yeah tons right uh we're each gonna pick five
0: um and you know we always do the snake draft here um i this i feel like we've done a, a few of these the last one we did was uh i believe 1982 we did just 1982 movies because we were talking about poltergeist right um yeah and that was a lot of fun we all got to pick like you know big movies that you know people like in general and then we got to kind of pick our own movies i i anticipate that happening again here today but i know i know there's some bangers that we all kind of have you know we have our eye on them cuz we were, we're like-minded with some of these but um, the thing about the 70s is there's enough to go around for everybody you know we're all going to get we're all going to get some monstrous hits and we're also going to get some some personal stuff uh, before we get started Caleb like what's your what's your relationship with 1970s horror like what does it mean to you because yeah I, you know i know i know connor and i know myself <laughs> and it's it's very important to us
2: yeah now i when i was getting into when i was getting into a lot of horror films 70s films were the first ones i got into it actually believe it or not not the 80s um and it's just because again my parents there's a lot of stuff they recommended there was a lot of um stuff they recommended to me and um because of you know being born night two i was a teenager during the the famed remake craze of the yeah thousands <laughs> know, and a lot of stuff came made outside of J horror films was 70s 80s horror films so i remember watching actually the, like for example i watched the oh three remake of texas chainsaw Massacre first but because yeah. of it, i was like oh i really watched the original and now the original is like one of my all-time favorites like i absolutely adore the original yeah Um, and then seeing things like halloween and alien and all this stuff and just really developing a love of what was coming out at that time in 19 1970s film and especially horror and seeing a lot of these filmmakers and their, a lot of cases a lot of beginning filmmakers careers and um you know with it being the authorship decade, as I like to call it, thanks to the haze code being dismantled and all that stuff going on, you got a lot of really cool adventurous stuff, um, that we probably would not have gotten if it wasn't for what happened prior, um, and I just yeah, outside of eighties seventies is another decade I go back to a lot, for um, especially for horror film.
0: Yeah, yeah, well put. Uh, so yeah, this is this is special, man. You know we it's rare that we get an episode so close to Halloween and, you know, Connor and I had talked about doing different stuff and it was like, "Ah, it just feels right to kind of do something where we can talk about a lot of horror movies at one time. And to me, this is the best way to do it, you know? Um, So yeah, I'm I'm super excited. Uh, The first pick will be going to Caleb Connor. You have the second pick. I have the third pick again, because the randomizer fucking hates my guts (laughs) and uh, that's okay. I, You know, on the other drafts, I was kind of mad about that. With this one, I'm like, I love, there's like 20 motherfucking movies I love from the horror genre and it, during this decade. So, like, I'm okay. It'll be fine. I'm going to get five movies I really like. So, uh, Caleb, you can start whenever you want. Oh,
2: great. Perfect. So, I'm just going to take the first big one that I was gunning for this whole time. That's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, sir. Um, Let's cool. That was the one I'm like, I'll take anything else, but I really want this one. Oh, Got I
0: it. did. I, I did too. Because I, I feel like I feel like I uh, I haven't been able to talk about this movie enough. I mean, Connor and I did an episode on it a lot, like a couple years ago now, but I feel like it's hard to like really articulate how much I love this movie. So this is a great pick.
2: Yeah, it. Uh, Toby Hooper, R. A. P. Mad genius behind the camera. He made a film that's so aesthetically grimy so dirty like you you kind of feel it when you watch that a lot of the violence because that was a big thing people would hype it up to me when my parents even my parents like oh when you watch the original it's so violent i remember watching and as a kid first i'm going like oh my god what is this movie it feels like a documentary like what am i watching yeah and you know what's beautiful is that all that violence people talk about none of it you actually see on screen we get the movie a shot in a way that you you think you see and you don't the closest you get is a couple of times when like um you know the one guy gets hit with the hammer and he's his body's still twitching or franklin one of the most annoying characters in film history gets a chainsaw <laughs>
3: his
2: like you know stomach and you see a little blood spurt kind of happen for a quick second and that's about it like that's all you really get everything else is very much implied um but then like the end of the film just and this is what to me is what I think made me fall in love was actually the very end of film. And you see, I've talked about it before, but like, I think i am talking about in on Poltergeist, maybe. Um Hooper is so good at organized chaos and you see it to perfection at the end of this movie during the dinner scene. And if you know how they even pulled that, that shit off and the stuff going on behind the scenes with that, like it's, texas heat they're filming it they have lights on that house for you know lighting the scene so it's even hotter people were miserable the crew wanted to quit like it's an insane story how they even got that um part of the film shot and the end, end product just speaks for itself um quick side note whoever is buying that whoever is buying the damn house right now don't know if you guys heard they are considering tearing down the house and if so they can go to hell yeah,
0: I did hear about this. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Did you hear about that, Connor? No, like the the house we went like
1: to the, the restaurant?
2: Yeah. It's changing ownership and the new owners are considering tearing it down.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's 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 a bummer, man. I've yeah. I i did not know that. I've that's such a cool landmark of Texas history, of film history. It's I, our best movie. Like yeah, pretty much. It's our state's best best movie. We should like we should you know try to have that declared like a national landmark. We shall not. We shall not be moved.
0: Yeah, we should go fucking. We'll go. We should go down there and hold hands and fucking sing. Like,
1: I'll <laughs> save it. I'll do whatever I can to save that house. That's, that's
2: important. Yeah, yeah, it's it's
1: fucked up. Yeah,
2: and and yeah, it makes me sad, especially like so like I think of all the horror films. I think I have some of the most memorabilia from this movie. Um, I've been to the, you know, the house uh, with you, Connor, when we thought it was going to be up standing forever. um, And it was really cool going there. I've been to the gas station, uh, had my, uh my mom take me when I was visiting one day, we went to the gas station and I got barbecue and uh, some soda. And a whole lot of much from there. So it's this, this movie means a lot to me for both. And just the world of horror, as we talked about Texas, uh cinema it's kind of like um i always joke that like being a metalhead i have to like pantera because it's like all texas offers to the metal ward yeah. uh, <laughs> as a horror fan from texas i have to like this movie and it's on i'm not saying i mean, i actually do both really like pantera and this movie so
0: <laughs> it works out it does work out that's great yeah god this movie fucking rules you know Um. certainly Certainly one of the best uh, of of its genre, like of all time, and to to me, in my opinion, one of the scariest movies of all time. Just so so unsettling. It's not funny. It's like not trying to fuck around and be be silly. It is fucking nasty and grimy and gross and so much fun and so well made and has no fat on it. So yeah, I just love that movie to death. It's a it's a great pick.
1: Yeah, I got I got nothing. I got nothing more to say about Texas Chainsaw Massacre that y'all haven't already said, I, you know, we did our full episode on it. Uh, I do think that there are a lot of episodes, like a lot of films we talked about early on that I feel like are worth revisiting. Yeah. just You know, with a different mindset with different people to make a different discussion. Texas Chainsaw is one of those movies.
0: We could do Texas Chainsaw once a year. Nothing wrong <laughs> with that. Yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. Good pick. Man. And, and, and- I think my favorite thing about this movie is if you do find someone who hasn't seen it, it's one of those, like, ha, 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 like, you know, like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see your face when you watch it. <laughs>
3: it's,
1: it's one of those movies you got to be really careful, like, could this ruin my relationship with this person, or are they going to be yeah. on board? <laughs> you got to go down, you got to go down that road at some point, so
0: fuck it, you know? Look, that,
2: that's like most of my movie collection. so, like...
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just... <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, Connor, what's your first pick? Well, I am not going to be nice. I am snaking Jaws. Yeah, I figured
0: you wouldn't let me, you know, take that one. Yeah,
1: sorry, no, it's OK. It's OK. It's too important. Jaws is too important. It's one of the most incredible American films of all time. We did an epic filmgasm. We did an epic Oscar Sunday. It is the bomb. There is nothing more I can say about Jaws that I haven't already said, that we haven't, or all three of us haven't already said. We did that one together. And it's <laughs> it's an absolute masterpiece of filmmaking and still scary as shit and still amazing and a wonderful film. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you say?
0: <laughs> it's just like, yeah, good. <laughs> the definitive creature feature, bar none. <laughs> and, and yeah, and it's like the, probably the, uh, the signature movie from that decade, you know? Yeah, pretty much. That's when I think of 19, 1970s horror. Yeah, I, that I, like- movies. I mean just movies oh, in just general. Movies? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean what you know, what else is you know, what what passes it, you know?
2: That's high price. That's high praise. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a good movie. It, no, yeah. It, <laughs> I don't even know what more to say about Charles that we haven't already said,
1: but we'll say this. Yeah, it's, it's a great movie. One of my bucket list items is to experience jaws on the water on Lake Travis. I'm going to do that someday. Yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. I just keep yeah. either missing it or forgetting about it or COVID or all sorts of shit, but I'm the next time they do it, I will fucking be there. I don't care what I have to move around. I'm going to be there.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love that.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, actually
0: my first, so I have 15 movies written down. Cause it's like, well, you know, we're going to take 15 in case you guys take the ones I want. I want to have backups. <laughs> I have them ranked, right? The first two movies I have are Jaws and Texas Chainsaw. So, you know, job well done. Job well done. <laughs> good thing you got uh, back. Good thing. Yeah, uh, no, it is good. What if I was just like, I'm done. I quit. <laughs> I've, got, I've got nothing. No, I, um, I'm going to take one like big, big banger, and then I'm going to take one that's more for me, you know. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll go ahead and take 1978 Halloween, John Carpenter's, you know, uh, coming out party. Uh, late 70s uh, you know we've talked about this movie a bunch throughout different shows Um, you know just 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 the best slasher like you know just like the most textbook fucking awesome slasher don't know how someone could watch this and not have fun great performances John Carpenter at the top of his game Uh, my personal favorite is the thing of his movies but I think Halloween is just as good you know just as masterful and uh, you know started a what now we have like 14 of these motherfuckers now, uh, Halloween movies. So, um, I don't really want to talk about the newest one. <laughs> I don't, I don't really want to get into it. Cause I wasn't a huge fan. I try to just always remember that 1978 one and how special it is. Fair enough.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Halloween is, uh, it's special. It's, it, it's the, it's the pioneer. And, uh, it's so cr- I I was watching some clips from it earlier today, nice. and I, I feel like Nick Castle does not get enough credit for his performance. I, Michael yeah, hundred percent. Just the way he holds himself, the just you know rigid way he shoots upward, the haunting image of him in the back of like of sh- the shadows and whatnot. It's ma- It's it's a masterpiece of a performance, and yeah, the movie's great. Not enough people talk about Nick Castle, so I want to give props to Nick Castle for that movie.
2: Can Can I just say it's so nice to hear Connor you talk about these performances because I remember you being like oh I, anyone could play these kind of roles and it's like yeah, something clicked something it's clicked Caleb. finally joined my side on this it's called growth Caleb
1: I I research <laughs> I watch I learn I change I grow <laughs> <Wow>. uh, uh, <laughs>
2: so unlike the rest of um, our society at times it seems um, yeah yeah good good someone's well, got to do it you, might as well be us wanna, yeah, you're one of the All good
3: right.
2: ones. Yeah, <laughs> um, like like um, Austin. I don't want to dwell too much into um, Halloween ends because I was also not a big fan of it. But um, I had the joy because this is a yearly uh watch for me when it comes to like October. Yeah, um, and I had the joy of the Regal, not too far from where me and Josh live, I was playing it on the big screen the same weekend they did a uh, Trick or Treat. Which so I was like, oh, oh wow, yeah, that's cool. So went, yeah, so I went there to go see Trick or Treat. Um. Also, because I'm going to support that, how wonderful that film is, and should have been in theaters. Podcast for a different day. Um, but I also went to go watch Halloween. I was like, if I won't watch it this year for my annual, let's see it on the big screen. And it was just as awesome seeing it on the big screen, and played just as well. Like you know, well for I think 44 years now. Um, 44 years later, and yeah, I mean, it. I love Carpenter to death. The dude has a stellar filmography. Yeah, And um, This is just one one of his To me one of his mini masterpieces Like what he achieved So simple laying a lot of the groundwork Or being a part of like this group of 70s films Like this um, Chainsaw Massacre and a few others That laid the slasher groundwork for the 80s To just take that and run with it For a whole decade yeah. And a lot of shit starts here with Halloween and obviously some films prior That don't really get their due with it as much Halloween, just like, it did it. I mean, it's one of the most profitable indie films of all time. I think it got beat by, I think, Friday 13th and then Saul beat it. but And Blair Witch, obviously. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Such a great film. Yes. Nick Castle, 41. You know, joking aside, if you... um, But I was referencing with Connor earlier. You know, anyone that tries to say, like, you know, anyone can put that mask on. Whether it be Michael or Jason or you... Insert, you know, they don't talk. They just kill slasher villain right you're right anyone can do it but it takes a true actor to make you terrify that character to make you have moments like the moment that nick castle you know he stabs the person in the movie michael and then tilts his head like a child yeah that wasn't scripted that was nick castle getting into character and thinking like what would michael do in this part and it's a scene that to this day has lasted and most people remember that it's a one second part but everyone remembers it yeah. maybe we try replicating it in future films because of it and that's the power of you just taking the time to care about this silent psycho killer you're playing you know what i mean
3: yeah, yeah. I and,
0: and you and like not everybody's just a big motherfucker like nick castle you know like not everybody has the physique and that like gravitas to to play something like that like i would look like a damn fool out there you know uh like, like there's just a, something about the sheer size of him. That's like, Whoa, Holy sh- shit. The broad shoulders, you know? And like you said, the, because the, there's the neck movement, the head movement. So yeah, he, he's great. And he's just as important as Jamie Lee
1: Curtis, you know? Yeah. 100%. And I do want to point out real quick, just to finish this off here. Nick Castle has a cat named Michael Meows.
0: Oh, that's lovely. That's delightful.
1: i think
2: think, took the mask home and put it under his mattress for years after the movie yeah
1: that's where that iconic piece of horror history laid yellowing up under a mattress for 30 40 years and then when they that's why they couldn't fucking replicate it for every movie afterwards because they had to just it's like they they kept recreating it from memory but the memory kept degrading
2: (laughs) it's fantastic (laughs) as look I I get such a kick sometimes. I of watching the sequels and just seeing like how the mask looks. Sometimes I forget. I'm like, oh, that's how the mask looks in this one. I'm like, that's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's hilarious. But that's you know this this film was such an indie film that like no one was overseeing that shit. No one thought like we should preserve this because this is going to be important. <laughs> they were just yeah. like, all right, cut, print, check the gate. I got to go make the thing. Let's do this.
0: Brilliant, brilliant.
1: I love it. I love that. Uh, these are great picks:
0: Texas Chainsaw, Jaws, Halloween. Um, but with my next pick, one. Yeah, with this one, you know, um, the big big Cronenberg fan, right? You know, Mister um, Mr. Mister David Cronenberg definitely came out in the '70s and did some real wacky shit. You know, um, I'm a fan. I'm a fan kind of all of all of it. I've never really seen a movie of his where I'm like, nah, that wasn't good. I, I genuinely like how much he goes for it, how much he kind of stays true to his vision. You know, I could go with Shivers. I could go with Rabid, but I'm going to go with The Brood from 1979. My favorite, probably probably my favorite, I don't know, The Fly is tough to beat. But I don't know. You know, I think The Fly is better, but The Brood, there's something about The Brood that just gets so far under my skin that like it like makes me smile. You know, I love this movie. It's because you have kid, you have a kid. That's why it could be, could be what it is. It also, I, I like, I like this movie with like the history of it that Cronenberg like heard about the movie Kramer vs. Kramer from the same year and was like, I'm gonna make that movie, but it's gonna be a horror movie. Uh, I think that's really funny. So it's a really cool, uh, really cool double feature. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I love The Brood so much. It is like undoubtedly one of the first movies I think about when I think about the '70s. Uh, it's not one of the most successful, but I think at this point it has its, you know, it has its cult following. It has the, uh, criterion edition. It's got, it's, it's got its fans and I, am I'm, I'm proud to be one of them. Uh, Connor, you and I did this movie again, maybe a couple years ago on film And we did, uh, we did this in dead ringers, if I'm not mistaken, uh, a couple of, a couple of Cronenberg movies. And we were like, holy shit, this guy is just, just fucking incredible. You know, um, uh, whether whether you like it or not, you're always entertained.
1: Yeah, I'm a proud owner of the Criterion edition of that movie. Cause it's so twisted and warped, but oddly realistic in a way. I don't know what it is. It's like I believe that Oliver Reed could talk some lady into birthing yeah. pure rage. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, with that with that voice on that man, yes.
1: <laughs> that it's... movie's fucking weird, and I I would I would love to be in the room. With Cronenberg pitching any of his films, yeah, yeah, I would love to hear what he would say to convince people to get on board with this. To tell Samantha Egger like, look, all right, so you're gonna birth the fetus and then you're gonna lick it clean, and she's like, "Gotcha, Dave. Let's do this. Take one."
2: Well, she went up him, and that lick was improv by her on the spot.
1: Oh, okay, never mind.
0: She's the weirdo here. Yeah, he's like, calm down. Cronenberg's like, chill out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I
3: bet he was like,
1: Oh, that's gold.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Dude, do also, it again. <laughs> like,
2: I w I wanna know like how bad his divorce was. He did this after his divorce. Yes. This was his yeah. response. Yeah. I'm like, how bad was it between you two, dude? Like, holy shit.
0: And then and then his son Brandon watches it like is like, damn, I was fucked up as a kid.
1: <laughs> you were the you were the fetus, Brandon. Yeah, yeah, he's like, oh god, yeah.
0: There's just there's like images from this movie that like always come back to my mind, uh, like like in the schoolroom, and you know the the scene in the in the in the room is is so haunting and but so good. It you know just really well made. Cronenberg has kind of done it all now. Um, I love that he had that kind of. He could do that, you know, and then as he as he got older, you know, he does like a movie like History of Violence. You're like, God damn, this guy, Eastern Promises, like this guy's got some stuff in his bag. He's just a damn good director. Yeah, well Um, said.
1: I'm glad someone grabbed The Brood. That's a great little horror movie that has definitely like built more of an audience over the years. And it's one of those films that every Cronenberg fan I'm sure loves at this point. But like if you're just getting into Cronenberg, The Brood is where you should where you should go next.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you uh, you showed me that because I've been catching up on Cronenberg myself, um, and yeah, you showed me that one finally. And uh, yeah, no, it it's an awesome movie, and it's definitely like I I know it actually uh, wasn't didn't catch on when first released, um, but I because mainly because when I was getting into Cronenberg, it's always been listed as amongst his best. It's like that Rabid Shivers video, yeah, drama. like you are always hearing about like that being ranked up above his best scanners um so watching i was like okay i get it i understand it's like this is i i get why i made any catch on at first i know this is one of his earliest uh films I, maybe his film debut i cannot remember off
1: the top of my head right now wasn't uh, his day, I, think, I think rabbit or shivers was his debut yeah Ra- shivers
0: is shivers is 75 rabbit is 77 brood is 79
2: okay okay so this was like his third films. people were getting you know used to him but like, any good film, you know, I always chose a film more so based off um, how long it can last more than how it does at the moment.
0: A hundred percent.
2: Especially with horror. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, hell, pff, this month alone, how Terrifier 2's doing, that's fucking proving that point right now. Yeah. Beating yeah. some major releases. um, Because we care. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> we
0: care um, about, like, going to the theater and, like, you know, actually, like, getting that word of mouth thing going horror fans
2: have have always just given a shit exactly and quick side note i did i i finally saw it at theaters turf Two. it's it's fucking awesome yeah
3: Uh, yeah uh, hell yeah
2: good um but yeah this is this is really good i get why fans like the brood so much i it's definitely up there with me for cronenberg as far as like good cronenberg films this is up there
0: Yeah, you know, I passed up some fucking heavy, heavy hitters, but I I wanted to make sure I could kind of uh, refer it to people, you know. So, uh, Connor, what do you got?
1: Well, I feel like I'd be betraying myself if I didn't take the omen.
0: Ah, yes, this is this is definitely right up your alley.
1: Ah, boy, I feel like I've mentioned this movie more than any film ever on Oscar Sunday. This just keeps popping into the conversation. Because it's such an incredible film So eerie So well constructed So well acted So well written So well scored It's got everything It's the ultimate religious nightmare And I say that fully aware that The Exorcist is here Yeah The Omen is the the understated More soft Exorcist And that that, that freaked me out more than You know, the devil is here It's more like the devil's coming And that oh, that scares yeah. me more than, you know anything. Um, I'll always go to bat for the omen. It's one of my favorite movies of all time and just gets better with each watch. I, I adore that film to death. I can't wait to do it again on this show. So at some point,
0: yeah, we will. I'm um, definitely have some plans for like already for next year, as far as like horror movies go. Um, the exorcist is going to happen next year. Cause it's hitting its 50th anniversary. Uh, but I don't know, you know, we're doing Carrie from 1976 today. So next year I would like to do the omen. The other, oscar-nominated 1976 movie good pick
2: yeah Omen kicks ass it's you know it's definitely one of those when you want to get someone into it like hey you should check out the one but be prepared if you're expecting like you know in your face horror like this is a much more subtle film much more <laughs> subtle. takes its time but when it hits it hits like yes that's yes, how describe yes. it um like you know the scene where the dude gets his head decapitated you're like what the fuck did i just watch
1: <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. that's my favorite David that's
0: Warren. my favorite that's my favorite bit yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> i love just all the people who show up to be like i am here to serve you damien and just like they keep popping in and gregory peck just is not aware of this at all and the more he learns the more he starts being convinced like is my child the antichrist it's <laughs> You you see uh, nothing in that movie. It's all just what you're told and what you are like what you have to believe. It's it's so mind-boggling. Yeah, and great, gr- like great acting, like truly great acting.
2: Yeah. Okay, I, I remember getting to like the end of this one first time watch it, yelling at my TV like, just fucking stab him, dude. Stop <laughs> taking <his> time. <laughs> <laughs> just uh... Do it. <laughs>
0: Think of shy? Just do it. that's exactly what that's exactly what went off in my head was fucking Shia LaBeouf fucking Louis Stevens (laughs) fucking screaming at me don't let Uh, your dreams
1: be dreams Gregory
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's great oh man by by me picking the brood and Connor picking the omen there I mean there are just some monumental movies on the board and Caleb you have two picks in a row what are you gonna do with them
2: Alright, we will gonna do one that should be monument monumental outside of horror, but it I think it's severely underrated, except in the horror genre. And that is the Christmas slasher of all Christmas slashers. Fuck Black Christmas.
0: God damn it.
1: Yep. I sympathies, Austin. What? My sympathies.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought <laughs> I'd get that on the swing. I thought that ah, uh, dumb.
2: Stupid. I should have saved the brood. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. I am picking up shouts 4K that's coming out this year. Nice. Um, it. Oh my god! Everything about this movie is the fact that first off, I remember when I watched it's like Bob Clark directed this. I was like the Christmas Story guy. I was like, what yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm like Olivia Hussey's in this. I'm like, who? What is this horror film? Like. Cause I I in school seen mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet, so I was like, oh yeah, I like from Romeo and Juliet. Um, but wow, like the phone calls alone in this movie, they're so like perverse and raunchy and terrifying. Like I literally, I still to this day when I watch it, will get the occasional chill on those phone calls. Like it's just like the voice coming on their side. I think if I if my knowledge is not failing me right now, I'm pretty sure it's Bob Clark doing some of the yeah phone calls um and how he just changes the the voice and shit on a dime the pitch and everything um the fact that and something that the remake the first remake that actually was remaking this unlike the second one um say what we you were about giving him backstory it's, i know that i've seen it it's a kooky backstory but it works so much better not knowing like just having like constantly mentions of agnes and billy and you're like how, how what who how, how's all this fit um that makes it more terrifying because you're like who all these people that he keeps mentioning in the phone calls who is this guy and how he picks them off one by one in this like yes. a shot when she oh my god when olivia hussey realizes who's that he's in the house and it zooms in it's just his eye staring at her i'm getting chills just thinking about right now like yeah this film i talk about before, like when we talk about films like the stranger stuff on other um on filmgasm there's just something so inherently terrifying when you take what people feel is safe and that is your home your house right that that's where you feel safe and horror says not even your home safe dude fuck off with that you need to be terrified in your own home and this film does that completely with a sorority house of women that should be comfortable they're carefree, you know they're getting ready to enjoy their Christmas break and then some psychopath is in their house picking them off one by one
0: yeah it's, oh, it's one of my favorite setups of all time god I love this movie it's it's, it's become like yeah like this thing my mind always goes back to um, and I'm not <laughs> I'm not like a huge Christmas person <laughs> and this movie like I I don't know what it is. You know, like, there's certain movies that I love that are probably not, you know, your your um, definition of like a jolly good show, you know, good fun Christmas. But this is like at the top of my list, you know, it's like this is one I'm going to watch every Christmas for the rest of my life. Um, God. And, you know, he, uh, Bob Clark also directed that movie called Death Dream the same year um, about that. Um, I, might, I might be wrong. I haven't seen it in a couple of years. But it's about a, I believe, a Vietnamese soldier who comes back home like out of nowhere, and she goes goes like on this rampage. Uh, so to do, I don't know, just to be the pro, the prolific ability to just like do these these crazy nasty horror movies of the seventies and eighties. I just fucking have so much respect for it. And um, this, yeah, you you've got two of 1974's best movies to offer. Period, uh, off the bat for for Caleb. So this is going really well. We've got some good movies here. <laughs> yes yeah uh, black
3: christmas uh,
1: yeah yeah it's just great yeah go ahead connor it's i didn't like it the first time i watched it the first time i watched black christmas i was like i don't get it and then we watched it for the show and i was like this is fucking awesome yeah there's something about when you know you gotta like speak on it it is you know there's yeah, yeah watching stuff for the show i watch it differently and it clicks so much more often yeah, I don't I, I don't know what that is it's weird yeah. but yeah Black Christmas is one of those movies and I love that you don't know why it's so like you know most of the time I, I want closure I want answers but with Black Christmas it's so much more unsettling that this was possibly just a random psycho yeah yes the ambiguity
0: of, of the ending of this movie is like oh
1: my god like uh, just like it's a dream the POV shots of Billy like climbing up the house and just like watching them and knowing you knowing where he is, but them having no idea the Saran Wrap murder, like it's fucking crazy. I, yeah, I admire Black Christmas big time, and uh, it's a film I've been trying to add into my family's Christmas rotation for quite some time. They they're not biting, <laughs> but I'm gonna yeah. keep trying. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not watching that show with my family
0: either. I'm like I'm gonna wait till everybody's asleep <laughs> and. And this is just for me. This is
1: just some fun for me. I
2: can't
0: my, watch my... the
1: Muppet Christmas Carol again. I'm watching Black Christmas.
2: <laughs> my uh, my like my Christmas rotation will be like the Christmas specials that I love and then turn around and be like, all right, now let's watch some fucking Black Christmas. Let's watch some Silent Night, Deadly Night. Let's, let's yeah. see how Santa Claus can fuck people up or some psychopaths in a sorority
3: house.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's good to have a balance, right? It's fun to have those, like you said, those kind of cartoon specials, but Really, this is where my heart's at.
1: I do think Black Christmas has one of the most ridiculous film slogans of all time, which is uh, <laughs> this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. <laughs> I always thought that was stupid, but it's a great uh, movie,
3: yeah, yeah. That's
1: funny.
0: The 70s. <laughs> yeah. so, oh man, so that was my uh, first pick, yeah. Yeah, so you have another one, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a good one okay. two right there texas chainsaw and black christmas that's pretty fucking gritty
2: I know, and so far it's exact. it's exactly what <laughs> is me just yeah just really turning you on <laughs> yeah <laughs> on that note <laughs> let's keep it going the one i'm falling into this one because this is what i'm picking next but this is the original Wes craven day Bue. Ooh. Last House on the Left. Nice. Now, I will preface what I understand anyone that doesn't just watch this for a good time like I do. I get that. This is a tough film. And you might... i tell anyone, if you're getting into West Craven, start off soft, do Scream, hang on street, take your time, because <laughs> boy, does he deliver... It just unrelenting brutal grim just <laughs> non-stop in-your-face phone with last house on the left this is a this is someone that is trying to as he stated you know with the vietnam war that was going on and them showing the violence on tv and people were just watching this was his statement on going how is it you guys can sit there and watch this shit but my movie's too far you know so in his movie he purposely made it the way it was he was pushing it and saying, how much can you actually take, huh? Because this isn't you know, like, you were watching More Violence, this is fake, like, these actors went home at the end of the day. Mm. And, you know, he's pushing you and pushing you how far you can go, and, you know, it, like I said, it's not, like, that's why I said it, it's, it's not a film I would start out with, for anyone new to Craven, but once you, it's one of those films I feel like, you, you know, when you do it, you look at your friend, like, hey, I think I'm ready to take on the challenge, you're like, alright, let's do it. And you watch it, and it's just like, from the, like, the moment they get caught in the woods, and all the you know, or they get them taken out of the woods to other shit, and you're just subject to the the torture, and the rape, and all the stuff that's happening to them. And then it flips it, you know, they end up at the parents' house, and the the revenge they get is just as sick, and just as twisted, and you're just sitting there going after. Eh, you go ooh, at this point. How right are they? Because they're dude. The parents are depraving themselves to such a low level to get back what they, you know, because they're obviously rightfully angry at what happened. What they find out, but it makes you sit there and go, like, how, you know, where is the line? Um, I do know that yeah, some people have issues with like the bumbling cops that pop up in the film, and in my, they've grown on me in the sense that like this is such a grim nihilistic movie. You can't. Hmm. Need that just to have a little yeah. bit of like,
0: it's an outlet. Liberty. Yeah,
2: yeah. But this movie, it, oh, I, I love it. I really everything Craven pulls off with this, I think he does so well. I actually do think the remake's really good. But he was involved with the remake actually. Um, but yeah, Last House on Left, great fucking baby from Wes Craven.
0: Good shit. Good shit.
1: Connor, is this uh, is this one that you had on your radar? Not really, because I knew. Caleb was going to snag this. Uh, his genre apparently is hot 70s chicks getting stabbed to death. <laughs> Which I am not, you know, I, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, this is such a fucking twisted, sick watch. It's really just a hard film to stomach. But yeah, yeah, but it's awesome. But I, it is, it is great. Like, once you accept the fact, like, oh, this isn't real. Once you convince yourself, like they're they're like they're gonna be okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fine, then you can be then you can kind of get on board. But God, they ma- Craven makes it really fucking hard to get on board. Even it's the tagline just- for the movie, dude, it's literally.
2: I'm just repeating. Remember, it's only a movie. It's only a movie. It's Like, yeah. you're like what the fuck am I about to watch?
0: Do, yeah. Doesn't the poster have like, uh, like the the original poster from like from '72 have like? something about fainting on it like or yeah it's got some warning on it i remember that's why i watched it and i was like oh well, yeah i mean i have to see i have to know what,
1: what to happened av- here to avoid fainting keep repeating it's only a movie like that's
0: what <laughs> there you go yeah yeah that's 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 like that's like a call that's like a fucking you know like you know when like you have you see those guys like with dot colors like out in the fucking woods you know they're like hunting <laughs> That's like a duck collar to horror fans. Like, oh, well, yeah, I better go over here because it's dangerous. Yeah.
2: Oh, I, I know. I've talked about it before. If you try to tell me it's a fucked up movie or it's supposed to search something from you watch, I am flocking to my screen.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: As soon as possible. In some cases, buying it right right after I watch it, aka The Sadness. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I, I tend to need some convincing, usually from you, Caleb. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. It is, you know, it's one of those horror staples. It started Wes Craven's career. It's, yeah, it's, it's an essential watch. I don't know if it's an essential rewatch, but at least once for everyone who calls themselves a horror fan, I think they should watch it at least once.
0: Oh, for sure. sure. I
1: think it's uh, a. I
0: think it's one of those tentpole. If you're going through the, you know, the decades of horror and you're trying to learn, if 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 I had my own horror textbook and there's you know uh, X amount of '70s movies that you put into that textbook of like, this is how horror became what it is. And this this is the history of it. This is, this is one of the movies. It, it could be like the movie from 1972. Like, look, like it's a big deal. This guy's career is a big fucking deal. And for me, I I love scream to death, but like, and like, I watched that one way more, but like, if I'm picking one that I like, that I like that time, that first time I watched it, how like it impacted me. I'm choosing the last house on the left. I was just like, "Holy fucking shit! Look at what this guy's capable of." Scream is fun as hell. This is like, whoa! Like, buckle up. It's an hour and it's like an hour and twenty
1: minutes of 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 hell. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a great way to describe it. Yeah,
2: yeah. And it's it's one I I, I myself have rewatched. So I don't know what that says about me, but I have gone back to the world quite a bit. I I need to watch it again. Been, it's been a while
0: um i had this one on my like you know on my short list of movies i was i was thinking about picking but i do need to rewatch it it's been a minute yeah i don't no. know <laughs> connor's like i don't know man uh, um, well maybe we could do it on film guys and we could all go down that road together
1: it'll happen know. like that's will gladly go down that
0: road <laughs> yeah sign me up i'm 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 fucking hitchhiking connor you have another
1: pick <laughs> oh boy <laughs> okay this is fun. <laughs> I'm in the mood for a little Italian, so I'm gonna grab Suspiria. God damn it!
2: Trying to sell that one. Oh, Argento.
1: I've seen Suspiria about three times now, and every time I watch it, I am more freaked out by it. It's yep. a, a brilliant visual feast of night of a nightmare, and. You see so little, it's like the shadows are the scariest part. Just, you know, that one sequence where the, the one girl is like chased by something. You don't know what the hell it is. You just know that there's something in the dark and it's after her. And I, every time I get chills, I look away. It's a freaky, scary, terrifying movie. And just a my favorite Italian horror film by far. Uh, I'm glad I was able to snag it because this is and one of the few cases where I actually enjoyed the remake way more than I thought I would. Yeah, the remake's fucking sick. Yeah. Because it was something else. Luca Guadagnino did his own thing. He didn't just try to remake Argento's work. He took the name and he did something else.
2: Mm. Well, he did something else. I think I put it in my review. I actually do like the remake quite a bit myself. Whereas, you know, with this film, obviously, it's what the hell's going on because it's it's the original. Guadagnino did the smart Thing of saying, like, okay, look, people who are watching this, a good chunk of them are gonna be people who saw the original, who know the original, so they know what's going on. So the question is, how, why? And he asks that question instead and explores that and makes it his own. Yeah, makes it his own. Um, uh, quick side note, I'm really looking forward to his new one. That bones oh. and all actually pretty goddamn good. I can't um, fucking wait. Yeah, I can't wait for bones and all. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's Luca is like. He's also Italian. So like he's paying tribute, you know, to probably one of his heroes, right? Which is really admirable and really cool. There's also a good amount of time in between. You know, it's like 40 years in between these movies coming out, 1977 and 2018. The commitment to being different, being having your own spin of weird. Um, I also just think Luca's just a fucking good director. You know, he's he's kind of tackled different genres, different things, uh, Call calling by your name, a bigger splash. And now, this, this like fucking cannibal movie that's coming out next month. Yeah, I'm like all in on this guy. Uh, he's, he's definitely someone to look out for for a while and already
1: has a pretty cool resume, true. But as decent as the remake is, it does not touch. Oh, yeah, no, Argentos no. work here. Yeah. This is yeah, yeah, yeah
2: Argentos yeah, yeah. used to color alone in this movie. Um, the uh, the score, oh my, I love, and you know, he worked for Goblin throughout his career and so he's always had killer scores but like it to me is probably my favorite of all of them uh, that i've watched i'm i'm pretty still kind of say Mm newbish, um to Argento is still quite a bit i need to explore um but what i've seen this is still my favorite score he's ever committed to film Uh, oh dude suspicious
1: score is one of my favorite horror scores of all time it's it's like a it's like a fairy tale horror score it's like once upon a time in hell it's so creepy i like that yeah it's it's wonderful uh yeah i i love suspiria uh i wrote a paper on suspiria my my uh european film class i took in college i had to convince the guy to let me write because it was like right outside our window we were looking at and i'm like please let me write about suspiria and he's like all right and yeah that was i had to track that down i remember hunting that down was a bitch and i found like a shitty copy on youtube Mm -hmm. and then later on i bought a dvd
2: Hmm? so luckily it's a lot easier to get uh synapse films has it that's the blu-ray copy i have and they came out with a 4k copy now which i'm sure that that's a film i've thought about upgrading for 4k because the colors alone would look fucking great i'm rocking so, some yeah.
1: cheap DVD i found because i just wanted to own it so i will definitely be upgrading to 4k
2: yeah check out i can send you the link if you want but check out synapse i'll i'll send you the link so you've got it sweet great pick Great pick, Suspiria. It had to go at some point, you know. Um,
0: I don't think it'll be the only uh, foreign movie taken. I'll say that, but uh, it's certainly the yeah. most. Uh, it's certainly the most iconic seventies uh, foreign horror film. I think at this point, I think it's just got a huge, huge following. So
2: that's a great pick, it's, Connor. It's usually, it's usually how people get into Argento. It was actually my intro, it, yeah. Um, yeah. to Argento. Josh and, had heard I hadn't seen it, so he was like he you guys know he adores that movie and he's like do we get you gotta watch i was like okay and he showed me it and that was my gateway into argento and i i get it that movie rocks it's such a good movie <laughs>
0: yeah yeah good shit uh he's a gateway drug for sure argento um okay i got two in a row here i mean i come on i gotta take the exorcist off the board what are we doing um Ish. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It feels kind of boring, but I don't know. I, this movie fucking rules. It still holds up so well and is one of the, you know, I, I think it makes sense that I, as the host of Oscar Sunday, I take this movie because it's the most um, most nominated horror movie of all time. I think it had 10 nominations total. And, uh, you know, that's that's pretty rare. And it's cool that it was recognized the way it was at that time. And it's just gotten better. Uh, It's almost fifty years old, and it still creeps the shit out of me. And it has to me some of the some of the most iconic performances inside of a horror movie. Uh, Everybody's just fucking batting thousand percent. And I'd say the first time I watched this one uh, was something clicked like big time. I was a teenager, and you know definitely. I was in my older teenage years. I, I I didn't see this as early as most people. I was probably probably 18, 17 or eighteen something like that and uh when I saw it, something really really clicked with me about uh this conversation between the between a doctor and 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 of course the mother uh it's like a legendary scene. I've brought this up many times, especially early on when I was on filmgasm a lot but it it's basically like speaking about why I think horror is so cool and why I think it's so captivating and so important. And I love that it's wrapped up in this, this scene of dialogue between them two. And it's, you know, I don't know what word for word, but it's about how uh, the mom is like, well, how, how can she be, you know, possessed what's, you know, like, what does this all mean? And the doctor's like, well, if someone believes something, truly believes something in their brain, in their mind, in their heart, it is true to them. And I've just always been enamored by that, whether it be someone who believes in a certain religion or believes that something's wrong with them or believes people are watching them, you know, paranoia or whatever it is, you know, that's such a fascinating idea to me. And the exorcist kind of puts that on, on, on a pedestal and really fucks with it. And at the same time, it's just freaky and cool. And one of those tentpole movies that, you know, one
1: of us had to pick it, I think. (laughs) yeah man this is one of the you know consider one of the greatest horror films of all time a true game changer in what we like what studios were allowed to do in a horror film you know to show a little girl being possessed by the devil yeah and just how that would go down it's it's still unnerving you know it's it's one of those films that so many people were affected by and as probably I, I would bet has caused more nightmares than probably any other film in history and that's a big part of how popular
0: it was, like how the masses saw this movie and it had the same effect that Jaws had on people like, oh, I don't want to go on the water for, you know, for a while now. This is like, I don't want to fuck with the devil. <laughs> like, you know, and, and people are already thinking that way. But when you see it on screen and you have, you know, Ellen Burstyn and Max Fonsito and Lee J. Cobb, you know, all these people, Jason Miller fucking killing it. You know, it just gives it that extra oomph of, of authenticity. And The Exorcist, that's why it's lived on forever, you know, is Linda Blair, all like all these people are fucking amazing in
1: this movie. And so it feels real, but it surely does. Yeah. You've also got, you know, the screenwriter adapting his own book, which is always yep. great. a book and, that and I yeah.
0: And you have William Friedkin. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> the guy just did French Connection and was like, "Now nah, I'm going to do something a little weirder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah.
1: Yeah. Oh. What a great
2: yeah, I, uh This was maybe I was always I remember being interested in SK because um I'm not religious myself but I was you know raised Catholic um, yeah I was raised and...
0: uh, like Christian so this was very like fascinating to me
2: yeah like so that drew me in I I am a I am still to to this day I believe in the paranormal so there's that aspect to it and then again you know hearing what I heard about this film and despite indication of like this has always been a part of my, my mindset when it comes to horror but i went this is supposed to be controversial for this reason i gotta check it out like, yeah i've yeah. always had the mindset of that since i was a kid if i heard something was controversial or fucked up my brain went i need to see it and see what everyone's talking about mm-hmm. um this was one of those films and look yeah the things that come out of that little girl's mouth oh my god Put a ball of yeah. soap in your mouth, young lady. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it uh no it this movie it it's a damn near flawless film to me. You know like it, it, you know the how it sets you in and even then tries to try you know purposely says maybe she's not possessed even though you're seeing crazy especially if you watch um the unrated director's cut and you see some shit where you're like what there is no way she is that's not sickness. Someone just crab walks the right? way she does in the fucking film at one point yeah um, but when the possession stuff does start and it's just like oh boy are they unrelenting scenes i mean when she's twisting her head and doing what she's doing with the crucifix and it's just like oh my god they, they, these are scenes that are still hit Yeah, damn near 40 you know over 40 years later that still make you go what the fuck am i watching
1: yeah well you know i i, I was raised atheist and i still practice but um, this movie, you know, affected it affects people who don't have faith because it's just it. If the devil exists and he comes to Earth and he inhabits the body of a little girl, that is what it's going to look like. <laughs> and like you just you can feel that you can feel some kind of wrongness about this movie, regardless of what you know you believe in, and that's powerful. Well, think, truly, what truly. Is-
2: I think what helps is the storyline of you have a priest questioning their faith. Yes. That is something yes. that helps big time. So this film is, yes, obviously on the surface, it is about this little girl being possessed. Underneath that is about questioning your own faith and what you're willing to believe in. Um, And, you know, something that I think, because this film is so huge that every possession film since has tried to essentially just be the exorcist. Yeah. Um, which is why it's admittedly it's one of my most fucking one of my more I just don't really care for the subgenre because of it. I just I have yet, for, I can't, except for the occasional, like good extras and film. Like there's just a lot of duds in the subgenre. Um But, but I think they forget yeah. a lot, a lot of the the subtext part that this film has.
1: Well, it peaked, you know, and I mean there is only so much you can do with person gets possessed, and. I, you know nothing's nothing's ever gonna top the exorcist like why would you even try yeah uh, yeah no I, I i hear that for sure but like i
0: don't know i guess i guess like one of the cool things about horror is like being able to admit that um like for example there's obviously a ton of slashers out there right some of them hit some of them don't but there's something about like watching a slasher i'm like i don't really care like cuz yeah if i like it cool if i don't really like like it i'm still going to have fun and for me with like exorcism movies like like i really really like those um those exorcism scenes in the, the like the first conjuring I, like i'm just like i feel like home here like i just i don't know it's just like i'm comfortable here i like this this is this is something i fell in love with horror um you know and i like scenes like that but i i'm not going to i'm not going to say that it's you know it's always it's always good but there that's it, one of the cool things about horror is like even when it's not you know quote unquote good it's like yeah but i had fun you know and i don't know like
1: pizza like even when it's not great you know it's edible
0: yeah like i don't love little caesar's but i'll fucking eat that shit I will eat, i'll eat that shit all night you know um hey it's, I don't cheap really, pizza. Yeah, it's yeah it's it's cheap pizza yeah cheap uh Yeah, I mean, I prefer, you know, yeah, some gourmet shit, you know, some fucking New York style, but that's all right. Not not every night do we get to watch The Exorcist,
1: you know? (laughs) Yeah, not every pizza is going to be the greatest pizza you've ever had. Not every horror movie is going to be, you know, the epic masterpiece you've been waiting for, but there's usually something to take away from it.
0: Yeah, and and Connor, you've always told me, because sometimes I'll kind of, you know, get on this like, uh, uh, with with other genres, this like, uh, oh, like this, this. Why isn't this as good? It's like, well, we need bad movies so that we so that we can appreciate the good ones. <laughs> you know, you need a little bit of well, whatever movies, some meh movies to like to to appreciate what's good. So, um, yeah, The Exorcist, yeah, had to come off the board, I think. Uh, so I'll do the same thing I did last time. I'll do one, one big one in The Exorcist, and I'll do one for me. Um, this past couple weeks, I've been watching a lot of stuff I've never seen before, a lot of horror movies I haven't seen before. Specifically, I'm going to uh, the uh, kind of wacky 80s collection uh, that's on Criterion at the moment. And uh, they always do something around October. They'll put out a few collections and I always find my way to it. You know, a couple years ago was the 70s. This year it's 80s and, and there's an 80s one. And there's a vampire one. I'm like, Yeah, I, those are both fun. You know, I'll check out some stuff. Uh, so I watched uh, Next of Kin from 1982, which was great. I watched Brain Damage, which I've talked to both of you guys about. I really, really liked that movie. Thought it was fucking hilarious and just had some really creepy moments. Uh, And then I watched um, uh, Slumber Party Massacre, which I, like, threw on and I was like, yeah, we'll see. It ended up being a blast. I had an absolute blast with that movie. Thought it was so much fun. Um, And then I watched a really fucked up movie from 1986 called Henry, uh, Portrait of a Serial Killer. That really just, like, Fucked me up and kept me up at night for sure. And, uh, but I liked it. I, I genuinely liked it. And I would definitely recommend it to people who do love the genre. And then, you know, I watched all those and then I was like, Oh wait, we're doing the seventies draft. I should watch, I should watch a seventies movie, you know, just in case let's see what happens. So I went to the vampire section, right? And I'm like, Oh yeah. I fucking, you know, near dark is in there. I love that movie. Like, let me, let me find something I haven't seen from the seventies. And I stumbled upon this French movie called fascination. This one really, really got to me. I'm gonna fucking pick it here in this draft. I I always like to pick a movie that I recently was, uh, you know, blown away by in these drafts because I think it's good to recommend movies that not many people have seen. Um, this this it's definitely definitely a French movie. <laughs> it's very very. Um, it's got a lot of lot of uh, nudity in it. A lot of lot of like sexual sexual scenes going on. Very, very weird, very bizarre, very vampire of that era. But uh, I I won't really give away, but the ending is, is really cool. And I haven't really been able to talk to anybody about it. You know, it's one of those movies where i have just been bottling it up. I I don't know anybody who's seen this movie, so I definitely recommend it to you guys. Both of you guys, I think y'all would enjoy it. It's pretty, pretty short. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. So you really get to the point quickly but it's very different from what I've seen. And I haven't, I've watched a lot of French movies, but I haven't watched a lot of French horror. And I, I liked the pace of it. I liked how how it got to the point. And when it got to the point, it got fucking weird. And it got, got scary, it got weird and dark. Uh, some, some great kills in it, some great, like kind of sexy slash dark, nasty scenes. And I just had a blast. So, uh, definitely glad I, you know, dove in and, and, and watched this movie on a whim. And here I am drafting it. So, uh, that's kind of one of my recommendations for sure. 1979 Fascination. Directed by Jean
1: Rollin. Adding it to my list right now. You, you really had cool. me at Sex annuity. Nudity. Yeah. I'm, I'm bored.
2: Yeah, and like pretty quick.
0: <laughs> it doesn't take long to be like, oh yeah, there's there's a nice,
2: a ni- nice set of boobs there. <laughs> it that's doesn't fine. take long. Sometimes about French movies. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you know, uh, I, I'm pretty used to that watching uh, the French movies. They don't shy away.
1: That's for sure. Well, you know how much I adore vampire movies. And yeah, uh, I I, yeah, them.
0: yeah. This is kind of one of your one of your niches. Yeah, I'm
1: always on the lookout for good shit. If um, you haven't
2: uh, a slower paced one, if you haven't checked it out, Daughters of Darkness is a really good vampire movie.
1: I've I've heard that's like fantastic. Yeah. It is so good. Adding it to the list. Dark cool. Of darkness. Hell
0: yeah. Um, let's see. That's my two picks: Exorcist, Fascination, Con. Or back to you. I believe. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, my next pick, technically not a horror film. I mean, it is, but it's it's more com- it's a comedy. I think I know where you're going with this. But it's horror enough, and it's Young Frankenstein.
2: I wondered, I wondered
1: if you're going to do that.
0: You know, this is like that. one of your favorite. This is like one of your favorite 70s <laughs> movies. Period.
1: Yes, this is Mel Brooks' masterpiece. I love the producers. I love Blazing Saddles. I love Spaceballs. But Young Frankenstein <laughs> is is so perfect. It's hilarious. It's a lot of people consider it like the true sequel to 1931's Frankenstein. Which is just great. So awesome, yeah. It's got that same vibe, but with Mel Brooks, you know, signature comedy and a committed performance from Gene Wilder as Doctor Frederick Frankenstein. was it and... Frankenstein? No, it's Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> you also say Frederick. <laughs> anyway, this movie is is perfection. It's so funny. It's great you know monster movie Peter Boyle commits as the monster or I guess the creature as he's called in the movie and uh, you know it lives up it was it was up for some Oscars I think adapted screenplay yeah and yeah I think it you know it, it counts it's a uh, it's horror adjacent and I I, I'm okay with that horror
2: comedies count okay
1: yeah I agree
0: yeah I, yeah I th- yeah I have no problem with this good
2: I, yeah you're not i like... would because
1: even if you did i would not back down <laughs> you'd be like well i already picked it so it's over
0: <laughs> i'm
2: already picked we're... no uh, no look man i'm I'm with you like i know i so far my picks have been very much not horror comedies uh-huh yeah not but... very funny
0: yeah not very uh you're not getting a lot of laughs out of chainsaw black christmas in uh last house on the left yeah not ha
2: ha
1: <laughs> funny but you know ha <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> ha, uh-huh um
2: but no, I'm I'm always down for a good horror comedy though, like especially ones that can mix so well. And I I do agree with you in that like it's always toss up for me on when it comes to Mel Brooks' between this film and Blazing Saddles, I edge this one out because I can say the jokes. Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blazing Saddles hasn't <laughs> aged the best. Yeah. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I think it's aged fine. Because I, I get what he's what the I get what he's doing with the jokes, but you just can't say a lot of them. Yeah, some kid.
0: people some people who haven't seen the movie like out of context are going to be like, "What did he just say?" Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Um, granted, I do like the part when he's a ding a ding a ding a ding cracks me up every time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Christ, but uh, yeah, young Frankenstein, Mel Brooks just. Dear God, is he like from filming it in black and white and having the studio okay that when, as we've learned very recently with the monsters, studios aren't cool with it. Uh, Rob Zombie's
1: been on record as why he didn't do Monsters Black Mars, because studio wouldn't be okay with it. I feel like as we learned when we did House of a Thousand Corpses, they were just not on board with anything Rob Zombie wanted to do.
2: This is true. This is true. They're probably like, yeah, (laughs) no, dude. Um Yeah, we just like fucking
1: with you. Yeah. Yeah. Brooks can do it, but Rob, don't you try. You get back at the box. You
2: you try to direct a film that we're putting a lot of restrictions on. Um (laughs) Um, but yeah, in the comedy from everyone, like obviously Gene Rowder, um, Martin Freeman rush is it marty feldman marty feldman there we go sorry that's him on freeman from fucking yes. mcu uh, he,
1: was, he was
0: not there <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's awesome yeah, i love that
1: yeah. <laughs> But I connor was marty like Con- as,
0: connor as was me. like, not on my watch <laughs> uh, hey, it,
2: look yeah uh marty Feldman. <laughs> 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 as i go or ego depending on how he wants to say it it, it damn near still is a show from Gene voller He is so fucking funny in this goddamn movie. And I, one of my favorite—I mean, I quoted to this day with the whole like, "It could be worse.
1: It could be raining." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me, nothing, nothing beats you know the howling in the background and like werewolf and Igor. Just going, wolf. There, there, wolf, <laughs> their castle. Like, <laughs> I, I'm like, what happened to your home? one-up.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's perfect. The Young Frankenstein is probably the most fun I've ever had on any of these shows. That episode that Austin and I did a few years ago was just me quoting the whole damn thing in character. I was just laughing. I just laughed. That's that what. was a blast. That was so much fun. It's the movie you can't help but what? just get lost what in. You get? Abby, no more. you got... <laughs>
2: an abnormal brain
1: (laughs) let me out oh my god let me out i was joking don't you know a joke when you hear one (laughs) whatever you do
2: don't open the door. no matter how much i scream and protest don't open the door
1: (laughs) i love when he just yells
2: mommy
0: (laughs) Uh, connor i think you i think anytime
1: that uh like
0: this is one of those movies. If you get a chance, you're like, "I'm fucking taking it." I'm quoting that fucking movie.
1: Frankenstein <laughs> is. I will try to. I will try to shove this in to any film conversation I'm having, regardless of how good or bad it fits. I I, I just I just read a
0: not that long ago. I have that book, that Pauline kale book. Uh, this one right here for keeps, and she she's pretty harsh. Not like harsh, like. I give this movie a one out of 10 or like, I fuck this movie. She just picks it apart. Just bop, 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 bop. She writes these long, long reviews and some movies that I love where I'm like, Oh fuck. I didn't notice that. You know, like she's just thinking on a different level than I am about movies. Cause she, that's what she did for a living. But her review of young Frankenstein is like, this is good. <laughs> like, she like has nothing but cool things to say about it. And how, how amazing Gene Wilder is as a performer at that stage of his career. And it was cool because most of the reviews are pretty, pretty like, okay, like I didn't notice that. Like, it, like, you know, the way she talks about like, like Clockwork Orange, I was like, damn, like I didn't think about it that way. And she didn't change the way I think about the movie, but I take it to heart. You know, I'm like, that's a good opinion. With Young Frankenstein, it was just like, no, like the people are right. This is damn good.
1: Those kinds of reviews can be so, like, they're so much harsher. Like, you know, I'd like, for example, I'd rather have some like, I can get over someone calling me an asshole. But if they're like picking apart all of my flaws, then that's gonna, yeah. that's gonna hurt. You just start sweating. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, I don't know if I could do that. Like, the way we do it is, you know, we try to, well, not on Beyond the Bed, we're pretty fucking harsh over there. But <laughs> on our other shows, we try to be a little, you know, benefit of the doubt. But, ouch, well, cool that she liked Young Frankenstein. I yeah who doesn't like young frankenstein it's just a good it's just a great movie
0: yeah that's That's kind of what she was that's what she was claiming was like the people are right on this one like it's okay every now and again the people have spoken
2: (laughs) yeah i like how she's like apparently pitting herself against the people yeah you know definitely
0: definitely she's always like well what like really is this really what's popular right now is this really what people like and I, like, I, I lo- I'm like. having a I'm having a blast reading it because it's the the level of of just the 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 vocabulary she uses about talking about movies is like holy fuck man like she just clearly thinks about it all goddamn day you know so I I respect that about her and it's yeah it's a good book there's it's like a thousand pages of movie reviews it's cool
1: I feel the people can speak for themselves but I I guess. Just the people, reason, yeah. The, I,
2: the people are usually wrong. The <laughs> some reason my mind, it's a happy Gilmore, and it's just like the price is right, the price is wrong, bitch yeah. <laughs> That's all I feel yeah. right now. Yeah, with this lady. Uh,
0: Bob Barker, baby. Yeah,
2: people I, think are you, wrong. I
0: think you've had enough. <laughs> uh, great movie. Um, not a 70s horror movie, but that's all right. Happy Gilmore is great. Uh, <laughs> Caleb, you have your last two picks in a row. Alright. Yeah, this is this is intense now.
2: I don't because I wrote down a lot of options. I kept my I kept my options open. You know I'm gonna go with one I watched a little bit more recently, a couple of years ago, that I really fell in love with. Also, Italian came out towards the decade. Lucio Fulci film. Uh ah. Zombie. Mm. Nice. Okay. It, this is
3: quite
2: you know, I heard about this movie all my life. This is someone that Josh had heard I hadn't seen, so he showed me. And boy, did I fall in love with this movie. Um, I got the slowest eye employment slowest eye I've ever witnessed in my life, but totally worth the payoff. I got a zombie fighting a shark, which I didn't know I needed in my life, but I got it, and I'm glad. Um, yeah, yeah just insane gore effects and what's cool is that like watching this and how having seen his gates of hell trilogy and the new york ripper and stuff you can kind of see the evolution of like this man's like style of directing and like how he wants his gore effects and stuff and that idea of like the plot at times makes very little sense but it's all about like just enjoy the ride and i think that's what i love the most like just enjoy the ride you know you're going to get some really cool gore out of it the zombies are pretty fucking good looking in my opinion um and then I just I always just get a kick. I love watching these Italian films from this period and their insistence on dubbing every single actor, even if they're American, and dubbing them and just having this weird moment where you're like, they sound so different from how you probably they probably do sound, because hey, we need to make sure people think it's American. And it's like, well, no, you are not fooling me. Um
3: <laughs>
2: not me how many grants is you know i'm like decades years or maybe so i know but i wonder if people were fooled back then um but yeah zombie it's it's look if you're trying to dip your toes into like italian horror cinema obviously you know i'd say start with some argento and then i would say beyond that look at people like bava and fulci and stuff like that you know those are the top three people i would say get into and check out their stuff
0: oh yeah good i i still haven't gone down the fulci road so i'm I feel like this is an extra jolt to do so. Um, Connor, didn't didn't you watch some Folchi? Uh, did y'all cover uh, him,
2: Connor? Don't you want to express? Yeah. What's yeah, uh, uh? You're
0: kind
1: of quiet. Well, I'd like to apologize ahead of time to Josh, who I know is going to listen to this and is not going to like what I have to say. Uh, so I did go down the Fulci road, and uh, I didn't care for it. I I didn't you get You got it. you got off on the first bus or no when I you went... I got lost in the woods with ah. like I watched The Beyond, House by the Cemetery, City of the Living Dead, New York Ripper, Zombie and all of them I was just like I don't why <laughs> I just couldn't I couldn't latch I couldn't find it and I know it's because he focuses mainly on special effects over narrative and I just couldn't get on board with that so, sorry, not a faulty fan. Uh, well uh, well. So this isn't this isn't something you would uh go back to or no, but I feel like you would probably see more in his work than I do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've I've always wanted to to go down that road. Yeah, you know I'm um less narrative, more about like what am I looking at? What's what's going to be fun and or not not so much fun, but like Like, on the other end of it, like, the dramatic end of it, like, I really like, you know, David Lynch and Terrence Malick, you know, guys like that are... Just let things unfold as they may. And sometimes that can be boring, and I get that, but that's that's definitely my thing. And with horror, it's definitely... With horror, it's definitely, like, what can we do makeup-wise, effects-wise, like, what can we do with practicality? Of course, if the two are combined, that's ideal. You know, if narrative and... You know that's where you get the uh, movie like The Thing. You know it's like well, it looks fucking cool and weird. But it's also got a great story. So I definitely definitely need to go down the Fulci road. I there's so much horror. I still need to you know still need to check out. So All far right. I've seen I've seen everything we've talked about so far. This is the first one.
2: Yeah, I uh, I had the exact uh, opposite reaction, Connor. I saw when he showed me this, I was like, I need more Fulci and huh. more of this. And now I've seen like. Sharks fight a zombie I've seen a chick puke her guts out um, And all done practically I still want to know how Fulci pulled that shit off um, I've seen some shit in York Ripper that made me go Holy shit is he actually killing someone right now Like the practical effects are so insanely Like good in that one um, Yeah I am I I really Like Fulci quite a bit Good good
0: that, Was that your first pick zombie Yes Alright you have one more beautiful
2: I have so many options I wrote down. I'm going to take. I'm to take a big one again. I'm Going to end it with a big one. I'm going to end it with Ridley Scott.
0: Yeah. An alien. Yeah, it has to happen.
2: Yeah. Um. Right, what more can't be like can be said about this one, If I'm being honest, um, you know, obviously it's it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's really good. And you know, obviously, <laughs> there's that. There's that camp, right, of, like, alien and, or aliens. For, first off, I like both, okay? Both are awesome. I do give the slight edge for me to Alien. Um, I do like the slow, suspense, shred horror film more. And I just like how this really, goes like, I want to make a haunted house film, but in space on a spaceship.
3: Yeah, so, let's do it.
2: Um, And everyone went, all right. Um, The Alien design, the H.R. Uh, Geiger design is just is so fucking good and obviously everyone else fell in love with it because we've had it last all these decades later we're, i mean we're getting a new show next year so aliens about to have a comeback um a I show we're getting a show and i believe fetty alvarez is doing a movie on hulu i
1: didn't even know that yeah, yeah uh, noah Hawley, who did fargo he's doing the alien show
2: really yeah yeah i think they're, mm-hmm. they're about it next year we're apparently going all in on alien which I'm sure, prior to success, also helped. So, so Go the show,
0: up. the show, and the movie are going to be a uh, Hulu is like is.
2: I think the show uh, is FX, so it will end up on Hulu. That makes um, sense because
0: Fargo Fargo's FX. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. and I
2: believe the movie is uh is going to be a Hulu original.
0: Interesting, interesting.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, did you guys watch Legion, that TV show? No. No, I've heard of it. I saw the previews. I've never got around to watching it.
0: Um, You know it kind of failed Because it got cancelled or whatever But like that first season was really fucking cool And had me really jazzed Like hardcore sci-fi Had some horror stuff going on So and that was written by Noah Hawley um, And then he did that sci-fi movie Lucy in the Sky That was more of like a drama Like drama Dramatic sci-fi movie That one wasn't very good But um, I do think he like has it in him To like uh, properly make something that's like canon for Alien that would be cool. So that's exciting, interesting. I didn't even know that.
2: Yeah, well, apparently, hopefully next year we get a big revival of this, like we got with you know Predator this year with Prey. And um, Prey was
0: Prey was fucking sick. Yeah,
2: Prey was so good. Um, but yeah, God, this is yeah, this is like to me one of my favorite really Scott films. This first Alien, it's it's so good. And um, how yeah his use of tread like oh god the, the fucking vent scene when she's like yeah. it's right there it's moving it's and then like he does it and that thing just fucking pops up next to him and you're like oh shit
3: yeah and,
2: oh it's yeah and then obviously you know we got sigoni reaver you know being a complete fucking badass even more so obviously in aliens but the beginning yeah. of her just being a badass i yeah alien is fucking awesome
0: Gold. Like, absolute gold. I, it, like, has an argument for being the best movie. Like, that and Jaws being, like, the two best movies from this decade. Uh, as far as, like, a, you know, horror movie goes. So, I, I was kind of shocked it hadn't been picked yet. Um, so, I was going to choose it if you didn't. Or one of you guys didn't here in the last round. Because it, it's just quintessential. It's just such a iconic, iconic movie. And um, Connor, when did we do this? So I feel like that was a long ass time ago.
1: Yeah, this was uh, yeah, this was about two year, two years ago, maybe three. Yeah, let's bring that on here. Okay.
0: You know, feels feels like we need to do that on here, and maybe I don't know, we could do, we'll bring Caleb on, we'll do some shit with it, because yeah, I just I don't know, I I, I feel like it's one of those that deserves like it's uh, it's own two hours. It just does.
1: It does. You know, over the more the older I get, the more I do, the less I find myself choosing between two things. I'm more of a just I'm going to take both, and that's what I've been doing. And so I'm doing that with Alien. Finally, I want Alien. I want aliens. I'm no longer choosing. I take them both. They're both awesome, great movies.
0: It, 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 the, the thing about like you can compare stuff all day and like that's that's fun or whatever, like debating, but when but when it's two different directors, right? like two very different people and it's two very different philosophies and movies. Like one, one is a horror sci-fi movie, like through and through. And the other one's an, is an action movie. Like it's an action 1986. Like they're very different in their tone and what they're trying to accomplish. Love them both, both damn near perfect movies. So I'm with you, Connor. It's like, why do we always have to do that? Why do people? Why do people always have to be like the
1: Beatles or the Stones? It's like they're both good. <laughs> like- Life is a buffet, and I am not limiting myself to one plate. Yeah,
2: people do it with like everything. Like it's like uh, on the video game side things. So all the people are like PlayStation or Xbox. I'm like you can love both i i'm always so people like nine times out of ten i like both i might i just usually have a preference it's probably that's way i put it is like i have a preference like i love like alien aliens my preference is the first one i'll go to me that too. one often yeah but i still will absolutely be like let me put on a especially when it comes to james cameron and how i've made it known i like everything pre-titanic anyway i'll definitely be like yeah let me watch this version of cameron again and watch some aliens because i correct love aliens Yeah. I feel the exact
0: same way. I'm glad. I'm I'm glad. I I do think that's part of like maturing is like realizing things can coexist, whether it be in movies, music, sports, whatever, you know, pop culture stuff. We always have to debate. That's probably a, that probably stems from the way our society is built. Just, you know, having two political parties, you know, it's always this against that, this against that, this against that. And that's just kind of like how we're wired, but you are allowed to unlearn that and,
2: you know, yeah.
0: live your own life, so.
2: <laughs> thinking of sci-fi, Star Wars, Star Trek, guess what? I watched both.
0: Yeah, yeah. there you go. There you go.
2: All right. Yeah. Love it. Love Alien
0: getting off the board. That's that's good. Good. It, it deserves it. Connor, your last pick.
1: Uh, First off, I just want to say I cannot believe nobody's picked Dawn of the Dead. I was thinking that about right. that and Alien. I was like, man, this is crazy. This is happening. I, however, am not choosing Dawn of the Dead. Oh, I sorry. just find it funny that it's still here. That's
2: um, a mistake. That I was, I was eyeing that one too.
1: You picked Zombie over Dawn of the Dead. Like yeah. you picked. That's weird to me. <laughs> like you just had a Dawn of the Dead experience. Like what? I right did anyway.
0: in 3D. <laughs> in 3d bitch yeah uh yeah i think i think part of what caleb was doing was uh was trying to to kind of recommend fulci to people and that's part of the draft uh part of the part of the draft is trying to win and get as many movies that are good as you can but i do think picking a fulci movie is is cool because it's uh i don't think a lot of oscar sunday listeners are super familiar with fulci so i i I respect it, but I also understand Connor's concern.
1: <laughs> that is a very interesting backhanded point you just made. I like that.
2: Um, I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'll let this one pass.
1: Uh, I am torn between two films here. Mm-hmm. And I... Mm, all right, Just because I find more to be f- creeped out by it, I'm going to go with The Wicker Man. Ah, oh, yeah, I figured. Ooh. Yeah, I was wondering where that was with you, Connor. You love this movie. Yeah. I almost picked Carrie because I love Carrie. We're gonna talk about Carrie, but The Wicker Man gets under my skin. Just the idea of you know what um, what people believe in can be so terrifying to everybody but them is really creepy. Being trapped on an island full of people who are happy to kill you if it means the crops are gonna grow a little bit more this year. Mm that's horrifying and just the way that movie unfolds it's you know it's completely it's one story that is completely turned on its head about like 20 minutes before the end and then it turns into something completely different and you're just horrified the whole time it's so brilliant and it ends with you know just a freaky like are you kidding me moment like we don't get a happy ending, we get a human sacrifice, and then you know everyone goes home. <laughs> it's like what the fuck was that? So yeah, The Wicker Man is one of the greatest British horror films of all time and a uh a fantastic like cult movie. Yeah,
0: kind of like genre defining cult yeah. cult movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah i I was wondering. I know you have like a serious uh serious uh fondness of this movie. And when you when, I remember a couple of days after we
1: saw Midsummer, after we watched it, you were like, rip off. <laughs> I, fucking- I hold true to that. I was when I was in Europe, I was talking to some guys about movies and they brought up Midsummer and I'm like, Well, have you seen the wicker Man? <laughs> I'm I'm like the missionary of that movie. Anytime somebody brings up Midsummer, I'm like, Well, I got something for you. <laughs> you're, the, you're, the, you're, you're becoming the crazy old guy. You know, he's, I, you, yeah you sound like
2: a crazy old guy like it's like it's almost like like have you seen the wicker man
1: <laughs> yeah i'll own that yeah i'm i'm giving very un, un, unsolicited advice on this but it needs to be told it needs to be said
0: that's 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 fucking brilliant i i love that uh no it's a it's a in its own right it's a fantastic movie and yeah i this, this is what's so good about this decade is we're leaving stuff on the board that's incredible, you know. Um and I'm having a hard time here. You said you almost picked Carrie. Man, I'm I you know I thought about that one, but it's like, yeah, we're also gonna talk about it a lot here. Like people don't need to know about Carrie, like it's so iconic. But I also love it. It's like a nine out of ten movie for me. I really, really enjoy it. I also enjoy that other Brian De Palma film from 72 Sisters. I love that movie. But I, don't know, I think I'm just going to go with my gut here. I'm going to take a movie that I don't know if I've talked to either of you about 1976. 1976. Uh, so same year, as, same year as Carrie and the Omen. I love 1976 as a movie year. And it's God Told Me To, directed by, written and directed by Larry Cohen. Uh, boy, talk about up my alley. It's uh, Loosely, you know, uh, it's about a, about a detective in New York who, Starts kind of like investigating these these murders that happen, and and all of the all of the uh, killers say that they claim that God spoke to them, like to to do so. And you have this really intense kind of ride with this detective, and he's uh, having one of those like existential, like what the fuck's going on, like what is God, like what does it mean? I think it's kind of a cool um, uh, double feature with The Exorcist, where it's kind of dealing with that you know that kind of weird space of questioning questioning everything what and what's really going on and why we're here uh while all at the same time dealing with death and like satan you know so uh r- yeah i really really like it i think it's uh, a movie i probably i think i watched it on criterion a couple years ago i can't really remember most likely but uh i revisited it uh again like a year later and I plan on watching it again sometime soon. It's one of those that's just kind of stayed my conscience and, and I, I really enjoy it. It's very seventies, like very gritty, very low budget and definitely one I want to, to recommend to people. So it's, uh, it's got some cool shit going on. It has a really weird wacky ending that uh, for some people might not deliver, but for me it was, it was all about the ride. You know, it was all about the journey getting there. So yeah, really like this movie. God told me to left some great stuff on the board, but that's all right. You know, some, sometimes you, you're just trying to have fun, you know, and I
1: think we did. I think we had a good time. here. The seventies is like the first decade where we were allowed to make God the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's cool. I love these movies that finally get to toy with the bizarre and inherent creepiness of religion and really turning it on its head in a way we've never done before in film. And you've mm-hmm. got so many films here that use that as their template. And yeah, I remember you telling me about God Told Me Too and I, it sounded very intriguing, and I really wanted to check that out.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Definitely up my alley.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I definitely want to check it out because I like Larry Cohen a lot. That yeah, He was one of the great, like one of the best indie, independent fucking filmmakers that ever lived. Um, like uh, I checked out, I've seen Q: The Winged Serpent, which is just batshit insane um i know i'm watching i can't remember if he did this stuff or not
0: uh uh i don't know the it, the other one i'm familiar with is uh he wrote uh uh it's alive i, I uh, the 19, 1974
2: yeah yeah it's alive that that was a whole uh thing that, that became a trilogy um yeah
0: yeah it's yeah, i think it lives again or some shit like that yeah, it's the yeah. Next one.
2: yeah. so he you know he he did that guy did a whole lot of cool shit Um, yeah he has
0: so many credits to his name like the guy just wouldn't stop working
2: oh yeah all the way to his um till his death um this is one that's been on my radar i've heard a lot about it and i definitely want to check it out one day i've i've really come around to larry cohen actually thanks to joe bob briggs he's shown a bunch of his stuff on there on his show that's cool i like that yeah good shit well um, yeah this is a lot of fun guys
0: um I think we yeah, we picked a lot of really, really big, massive movies and also some cool random stuff. So, uh, Caleb, you ended up with The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974, uh, Black Christmas, 1974, uh, The Last House on the Left, 1972, Zombie, 1979, and Alien, 1979. So you're, you got some early stuff there and, and then a couple of 1979s. So good stuff. That's a fantastic list of movies. Definitely describes you as a as a fan. <laughs> Uh, Connor, you got Jaws, 1975, The Omen, 1976, Uh, Suspiria, 1977, Young Frankenstein, 1974, and The Wicker Man, 1973. You never uh, overlapped on years. You got 73, 74, 75, 76, and 77, all in a row. I like that. (laughs) Um, Didn't really realize that till till now. Uh, I went with Halloween, 1978, Uh, The Brood, 1979, The Exorcist, 1973, Fascination, 1979, and God told me to. 1976. It's a good group of movies, my guys. Um, what's the What's the one? Uh, if we take Dawn of the Dead away, what's like another movie we left on the board? That's like, whoa, the holy shit. Um,
1: Caleb, I'm and surprised. Car- he- and Carrie, and, Carrie, and t- take Carrie out, out of the picture too. Okay, what Caleb, I'm really surprised you didn't grab The Hills Have Eyes.
3: Yeah, hey, yep. I
2: had it ran down. I was I was debating that one because I really like The Hills Have Eyes. That is, I- so that is one where I think the only reason I didn't pick it is because I, as much as I love the Craven original, I saw the remake first, and as a case where I actually do slightly prefer the remake. That's a rare case where I slightly prefer it over the original.
0: Interesting, Ooh,
2: slightly, but that I mean that just only because of the remake they went so much harder with like the gore and shit like that, and it's like the the gore hounded me so satiated watching the remake. Um. So yeah, no, I had it. I had it run down. I had Hills of Ice run down. Um, also, I had Cronenberg had run down. I had Rabbit and Shivers. Um, yeah, yeah. Am- Amityville Horror, the original. Yeah. Um, I know Connor's. Connor hates this film, art, but the the first Phantasm is such a. I I have so much fun with this movie. Um, what else? Oh, a little one card tourist trap. If you guys haven't heard of it, it's this like it is this crazy little film where like. It has a young Tanya Roberts before she was even in a Bond film. Um her and her friends are out, you know, taking a road trip and they find this this little old like shop that has weird shit going on. I believe it's Chuck Connors. They run into him and this is like him after he's done all his all his Western TV shows and stuff. Um and they are getting killed off by this like killer. And I don't reveal too much of his little twists at the end, but It's a fun little like ride of a film.
1: Cool, cool, cool. Hell yeah. Um, I nearly went, I I almost I considered a Clockwork Orange, but Ah. I'm so torn on what genre that film is.
0: That's like the coolest part about it, right? Is that it's hard to like put in a box. I I would accept horror for that one. I would too. I would too. If if young if Young Frankenstein can count, I think Clockwork (laughs) Orange can count. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I would have no problem with that. I thought one of you guys would take. Uh, I don't know. if I, I haven't seen it. It's been on my list for years. Uh, the Japanese film House, nineteen seventy seven. I thought one of you guys would take that. I don't know if y'all are fans of it or not.
1: I haven't seen that either. I I I've been wanting to though. I haven't had a chance to see it yet too. Okay, um, there you go. That's why I
0: do
2: want to see it though. It's like right up my alley.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely has like a, a an acclaim to it that I that i i, I want to check it out and it's labeled like horror comedy and i'm like all right i need to i need to see that uh let's see there's a couple others i thought about for you guys that i was a little surprised um uh y'all aren't really into salem's lot right that's not really y'all's thing no 1979
2: i've seen that movie once it's been so long
0: um oh okay here's the one i was thinking uh invasion of the body snatchers i thought one of y'all might mm-hmm. might take that
1: I am way more partial to the 1950s version. Okay. Uh, I thought the 70s one had its moments, but I thought it was a little slow.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Yeah, I think that's all all I really got. Uh, I didn't, you know, there's a a few random ones. Definitely uh, Rabin and Shivers are a couple of Cronenbergs that I really, really responded to. But I wanted to just pick one. Um, Yeah. uh, Have you guys seen Theater of Blood, 1973? I have not.
2: No, but that's. I like the title. That's um, uh,
0: isn't that what's his name? Um, uh, fucking. What, what can I? Uh, isn't that Vincent Price?
2: It might um, be. Let
0: me. Or uh, I, I, th- I might be thinking of something else. I'm pretty sure that's Vincent Price. I, I think. I it might be a different. Yeah. It is Vincent Price. Yes. Okay, and it's seventies, right? Seventy three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know you guys. You
1: guys are into that, dude. <laughs> yeah, I gotta check that out. Um, one I did want to want to shout out. I if we had six picks, I might have grabbed this. Is Duel from
3: 1971. Mm,
1: that, nice. is a, that is such a perfect road movie. It's you know Spielberg's debut. It's a TV movie written by Richard Matheson, and it's just a guy being chased by a pissed off trucker for an hour or twenty. But Fuck, it's yeah. so tense. It's so thrilling. It's you never see the trucker's face it could be the devil it could be a ghost truck you never know but it's so good
0: i love that
2: yeah good okay i I, I like that that's a good recommendation there, there's something to be said about not showing the trucker in the movie where the trucker chases you down yeah. looking at you troy ride that <laughs> all you heard was ted levine going can you <laughs> and it works
0: oh man that's fantastic what what's uh obviously the 80s but like we should do this again for a different decade at some point this is awesome
1: absolutely oh. yeah i can't fathom any of this for the 80s dear god yeah, yeah I, it's just
0: I so much more just I can't think of shit. any
1: 80s like oscar-nominated horror films that we could like use as a as a launch pad poltergeist we, we already did, that did it. already. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we already did it <laughs> Uh, we'll have to wait like another five years and be like, yeah, let's do it again. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. The seventies the had some of those hitters, you know, the exorcist and, um, you know, of course, Carrie and jaws, the omen, you know, movies that did well and got Oscar nominations, e- even like the sixties, you know, we could go off of Rosemary's baby or something, but we already did that too. So, <laughs> we'll we're figure fucked. it out we'll find something we'll figure it <laughs> well, out well here's my thing we, you know we don't have to do it on this show you know we could we could always go to film oh, yeah. and do whatever the fuck we want
1: <laughs> we've got a whole nother show that makes like we have yeah we don't even need a reason for that one
0: all right yeah good point. no we don't you know, you and i used to do like fucking episodes where we we're like let's just do our top 10 of the 80s or of the 70s yeah with no movie as the base i liked that those were fun because like right now i'm like The episode could be over. We just did a great draft. (laughs) But but, oh yeah, we also have this Carrie stuff to talk about. So my question would be for both of you before we get into our awards for Carrie and and dive into like why this movie is so good. I think listeners might be like, well, none of y'all fucking picked it for me. I don't know about you guys. For me, it was it was because I knew we were going to talk about it. I love this movie. I really do. Again, nine out of ten, like fantastic movie. Great, great performances. We talked about it at the top of the show. We have respect for this. If we were doing a different movie, say we're doing The Omen, would you guys have picked Carrie? No. 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 Oh, interesting. My, okay. I, I might still,
1: have. I still would have picked The Omen. My, I love Carrie too, but my picks are way more personal to me. They're movies fair, that fair, scared fair. me, movies that have stayed with me, movies that I continue to go back to. And that's not to say I don't, you know, I don't go back to Carrie, but you know, Jaws is Jaws, the Omen is the Omen, the Wicker Man is the Wicker Man, Young Frankenstein is Young Frankenstein, and Suspiria is Suspiria. Need I say more? Yeah, <laughs> and you like all you like all those more than Carrie. Yes, I do.
0: Yeah.
2: All right, uh, Caleb. You know what? I'm probably gonna have to Connor say no. Um, don't get me wrong. I love. I'm like you guys. I love this movie. Carrie is great, but I did the same thing. Connor did with a very, a very good chunk of my picks um t- you know Texas Massacre Black Christmas and Alien have been with me for years since I was a kid um so I was you know those have resonated with me for much longer last house like yeah I saw it later but it's Russ Craven who I've again very influential filmmaker someone I've I've adored and um I definitely shed a couple of tears when I heard he passed away um mm-hmm so you know the director i'm very familiar with and zombie was probably the closest i got to picking something i saw a little bit later in life but it just had a good enough impact on me so yeah um yeah probably just because of like i did the same thing about a lot of these were personal in various degrees whereas i'm not saying curious and like i don't love it or anything it's just i don't have that that personal part to it i guess is the best way to say it
0: yeah, no, I understand that. I definitely get get where you guys are coming from, and I, I I might have I don't know. It's hard to know until it actually happens, right? But I do think it's as good as the, like a lot of the stuff we picked. Like it's mm-hmm. as worth the conversation. That's why we picked it for the episode. Yeah. Um, I also think like the probably the coolest part about it is the perspective it takes. Is that it takes from from a young girl. Uh, like there's just you know not not a lot of movies at this time that would would, ha, would like go that route and like Sissy Spacek like what she had done before this you know she's obviously super young but she like this is like a ballsy decision to like make her the, the lead in this movie uh, and, and like it worked so well and has become so iconic Her without even talking she really puts in like an awesome performance and it, you know what it's worth I believe she totally deserved an Oscar nomination. Like she was that good in this movie. And I do like that. It's kind of a female based movie. Uh, Cause uh, I, you know, just being who I am, being a, being a male, I definitely growing up responded more to, you know, male dominated movies as far as like the lead role, whatever you like you relate to, but like Carrie, it's just really cool that it's, kind of opposite of what you're used to with a lot of a lot of old horror movies and i i I like
1: that about it well i found it very interesting that um stephen king didn't really believe in this at first yeah he 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 tossed his manuscript and it Hmm. was his wife uh tabitha who took it out of the trash and told him like you need to finish this this is important people are going to respond to this cool that's cool it started his whole career so yeah, yeah, Carrie to thank for so many incredible stories.
2: Yeah, and then, uh yeah, sorry, and uh Sissy Spacek actually also works because, and this is not an insult to like her looks or anything, but she fits the homely description that it, Carrie has described in the book. Yeah, I think yeah, in the yeah. book she's actually like Stephen King kind of describes her as even more of a so far and looks alone so they did still do do some stuff for the movie but like she fits the description well, which is one of the things i won't get into it too much here because i don't want to talk about the film too much um but it's one of the things i didn't you know one of the major things that didn't work in the remake was that chloe grace moretz doesn't she, she looks yeah like I, i'm i not it, it sounds weird but she doesn't look like how she's described in the books yeah, correct
0: yeah chloe grace, chloe grace has like a a popular girl look to her, like a like a cheerleader or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, uh, would, ath- I would
1: athlete. I would never buy that she's a bullied outcast. I just wouldn't buy that.
2: It's, yeah, yeah, it's that Hollywood thing of like, what is it take the glasses off and then they're sexy? It's like okay, Hollywood, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <Jeez>. mm.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: I know. Yeah,
0: I, I totally agree. Like, it just it's just like the right timing for for um, for sissy. I think. I don't know. I'm not 100, percent but I know she did Badlands, Terrence Malick movie from 1973. She was in that movie. I I think after that, I think this is like her second, second or third role ever as Carrie, and that is just like holy fucking shit for this to be one of the first things you do as a performer. Uh, they just obviously completely changed her career, and now now she's a goddamn legend. You know, she kept she kept going on through each decade. She kind of learned more and like hired her IQ and uh, all the way to, you know um, something like a movie that we covered on this show a long time ago uh, in the bedroom Uh, like that kind of a dramatic performance. I mean, she, she's just fucking lights out, you know, and I, I, I've I've grown, I've grown to really appreciate her and what she's, what she's brought, brought to the screen uh, over the years. And it starts, it really starts with Badlands and Carrie.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, four years later, she wins her Oscar for Coal Miner's Daughter. Yeah, so, still, still haven't fucking seen that movie. <laughs> Shame on me. I may have bought it. I don't remember. I own so many movies now, I can't recall if I bought that or not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean.
0: <laughs> it's like, Yeah, I might have bought that for one of the shows or something, but, uh, but she's also in one of my favorite uh, 90s movies, JFK.
2: Yeah. Yeah, she is. That's so why I have a I have an app that keeps track of everything I purchase. I just scan the barcode.
1: Oh, Oh, that's cool. I do, too. I just don't want to look at it right now. (laughs) That's
0: fucking great. (laughs) I love that. I I put them all down. I I put them in a... I have a list on Letterboxd that's just called, like, My Collection or something.
3: Yeah. And
0: I I just add them as I go. So they're all there. But, yeah, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like fucking...
1: Yeah, scrolling through all those. Technically speaking, I am at work right now.
2: (laughs) Uh, Do
0: not, do not disturb.
1: (laughs)
2: Every time I look at when I'm like buying a movie, I'm like, wait, do I own this?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, like every time I don't look, I buy a double.
2: Yeah. Now I mean sometimes I personally buy doubles. Like actually, just on the so I just picked up their 4K of Pitch Black because it was the 4K. And yeah, a lot more Momonos was like, fuck, yeah, I like this movie enough. So it's not that I'm doing it on purpose, but it's because I'm upgrading a movie I want to upgrade.
0: Yeah, I totally, totally understand that. You want to get the best edition you can. Um, with Carrie, you know, uh, I thought, I fucking thought it was on a streaming service. And then I was like, uh, you know, I looked and I was like, oh, it's not. And I was like, oh, Connor's got it on his fucking voodoo. Yeah, for sure. You know, <laughs> like it's fucking, it's fucking Connor. So I got I got in my room I got in my bed I was like I'm gonna sit down turn the lights off and fucking watch this movie really comfortable you know I got in Voodoo and uh, lo and behold Connor does not have it on Voodoo so I was like God damn it and I own it so I was like ah but now I gotta like go out to my living room and fucking sit out there and I was just comfortable I'm being a fucking bitch but like I was comfortable <laughs> and then I, I had to go out there so I own this movie. I, I assume you guys both do too. It is not on a streaming service right now, except for like AMC plus or something like that, uh, which sucks. Cause I feel like around this time of year, this should be like on fucking Netflix or prime or
1: something. I feel like, I don't know why I'm compelled to apologize for not having. No. Like I don't, have, <laughs> I don't have to apologize for that, but I feel like I should.
0: You have like 800 I mean, movies on there. I just assumed it was there. I, I mean, it, 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 <laughs> I, yeah.
2: Do you feel you need to apologize you don't have carry, but you got fucking Black Christmas Black Christmas 2019
1: on there? A code oh. is a code. If I find Carrie, I will put it in there. Shots fired. I got that for us. We're gonna need that later.
2: I don't remind me. <laughs>
1: that
2: movie, now neither is, of us
1: have to pay for it, Caleb. Uh
0: you know, the Black Christ, Black Christmas 2019, we didn't really talk about it. It's like comically bad. It's like funny how bad it is. I watched it and I laughed. I was like, this is actually kind of fun because it's just so stupid. So
1: I don't know. I feel like that'd be a fun episode. I haven't watched it yet because I know I'm going to fucking hate it and I'm going to watch it one time. It's, so It's terrible. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. it's bad. It's, it's I
2: mean, Connor, he, I'm sure you've seen the review. I, I despise the movie. I've read yeah. that
1: many times. That is, you hate fuck that movie, man. Like, really? <laughs> it's yeah, it's a joke.
0: Yeah, it's a joke. Joke of a movie. Um,
1: oh, I, just, I, I just, I, just, I laughed a lot because
0: it's like, yeah. I mean, I love that seventies one and like, Jesus
2: H. I wish you were about the first time they remade it. At least they were re- actually remaking it. They just added some unnecessary shit, but at least it was a fucking Black Christmas movie. Yeah, this
0: newest one was like, what? What am I? This is like just a knockoff of so many different uh horror movies like they're like trying to be black christmas but also like trying to be scream you know just like it's just a sh- fucking shit show of a movie uh yeah it's terrible um <laughs> it's great so you guys both on carry what version do y'all have you all have blu-ray uh what do you what do you got what do y'all got
1: i have a standard the standard like edition blu-ray uh if i if shout or you know arrow releases some epic version i'm sure i'll upgrade but uh currently just working with the standard issue
0: nice
2: on that note i watched uh josh's blu-ray of it because he has a uh a british port from arrow Ooh. because i'm holding out because nice segue here thank you connor uh <laughs> shout is doing a 4k for christmas
1: Ooh, merry and christmas to it?
2: It, yep so i'm put that 4k in december <laughs>
0: That's fantastic. I yeah, I, I have it on like DVD. I've owned it for for quite some time. Just like a normal, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't come across uh, money to buy movies anymore. It's really sad. It's like one of the saddest things because I'll I'll see stuff from Arrow or Criterion or whatever, and I'm just like, I can't get this, but it looks cool. <laughs> it's it's fucking demoralizing. I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta I gotta like fucking buy food for my kid, <laughs> you know, instead of. Instead of this cool movie. Uh, that's just my life now. Uh, but it's okay. Uh, Car- Carrie's great. I'm excited to talk about it. Getting some awards with you guys. Uh, we have, the, of course, the Tarantino for the best quote of the movie. We have the Ennio Morricone for the best music moment, which is cool because it's got a good score and also has a cool soundtrack. Uh, so I, I like that there's a an array of, of uh, choices there. Uh, the Philip Simmer Hoffman Award for the best performance of the movie and then finally the roger deacons award for the best scene of the movie so uh caleb we'll start with you it's your tarantino
2: all right quick sign for us stay in mind uh when you said your the, the the money thing with movies i don't know why i jumped to the joe coy joke about him and his kid and if his kid messes up they can't buy anything he's like, Dude, <laughs> like you have to mess up <laughs> uh, that's good yeah i'm glad you brought it up <laughs> I don't know, my brain just jumped to that because I always laugh at that joke, like, yeah, I, I would be that parent one day, like, why do you fuck up? I want it too. Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. That's that's not a toy for you. It's, it's for me as well.
2: Ah, all right. All that, my current tone tier. So, you know, at first, I instinctively wrote the line, we all know, you know, he's going to laugh at you, they they all laugh at you. They're all going to laugh at you. I wrote that down, but I'm going to go with something outside the box, purposely. And it's only because this character is such a bitch and you hate her so goddamn much that when the gym teacher um tells her to spit out her gum, oh, yeah. and she's like, What do you want me to spit it out at? You know, stupid <laughs> fucking, oh. And the gym teacher's response made me so happy and laugh. And she just go, looks and like goes, You can choke, choke on it for all I care. Get it out of your mouth. And I'm like, Fucking go. Yes. you can say shit like that yeah.
1: I, I love that when you said this character is such a bitch and we hate them so much we all we don't immediately know who you're talking about <laughs> like there's yeah. uh, there's options in this movie there's a, there's there a are few options. Bitches,
0: but Chris Chris is like the bitch
1: Ugh. in this movie yeah. oh my god oh. Uh, her and, her and fucking Billy Nolan Ugh. she does not deserve 70s Travolta he's a piece of shit in this movie well, too He, is too. he is too. but i feel like he even he was like carrie's kind of cute and chris is like shut up yeah. i love that i love when he's like that kid Car- that carrie white's pretty fucking he's just cute. an idiot yeah. trying to get some he doesn't know what's going on so I, like, god like one of like the, the dumb shit yeah,
3: yeah the
0: scene the scene when she, she he's like let's fuck you know and she's like no he's just like just gets angry he's just like my night's over (laughs) i always find that to be so funny you know um and then that's the that that leads into like the
2: billy billy (laughs) just makes me fucking laugh so hard look how she's able to talk and do what she's doing, <laughs> I, I yeah, makes no sense. Really not
1: very look. good at it if she's talking her way through it, frankly. Yeah, yeah. I won't
2: call for anyone who has yet to see Carrie, but you're gonna be as any guy and any female, anyone who's had to give or receive this thing. Um, if you're this talking money. through it and you're the one giving, uh we gotta talk about how this goes. <laughs> it's yeah, super- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's, yeah, like constantly, she's clearly not very good if she's able to talk.
0: Yeah, no, and like clearly say Billy like nine fucking times, nine times uh, and
2: start
1: describing how much she hates Carrie. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. I love Billy's response. He's like, uh, uh who? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's such a funny <laughs> scene. This movie fucking cracks me up. Like the first hour, there's like a few moments where I'm like dying laughing, until it gets like really dark, you know, uh, which is like one of my favorite things about it. It's almost like a like a John Hughes movie at times for a minute. So you're like, am I watching the am I watching the fucking Breakfast Club? And then, no, I'm not. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well,
2: look how, a lot of the a lot of the uh, home video release covers reference that, where it's like it's the it shows two pictures of Carrie, and the first one's like her being you know clean, yeah. and the next picture is always like the blood, and it's like it's yeah, uh... like here's your John Hughes movie, and then here's your what you're actually getting.
0: Yeah, here's your Brian De Palma fucked up shit. Yeah, I would have, yeah.
1: totally, I would have totally asked Carrie to prom, and then when I found out she had psychic powers, we would have had such cool adventures. Because that's awesome. Why would you not want your girlfriend to have psychic powers? <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: <laughs> yeah. Have arguments with her. Don't ever get in a fight.
1: Yeah, I feel like <laughs> Carrie is low maintenance. <laughs> Like there's not gonna be a lot of arguments there. <laughs> Just, yeah, God forbid, you ever break up with her. Yeah. Just don't drum you know, don't threaten her with a prayer closet or dump blood on her at prom, and you're gonna be fine.
0: Yeah, those are those are pretty easy
1: things to avoid. Yeah.
2: Some would think.
0: <laughs> so yeah, <laughs>
1: happens to her in this movie quite like a lot.
0: Yeah, like that's like the, the movie. Yeah, it's those things. Uh, Connor, what's your
1: Tarantino? Um. Mine comes from um, a great exchange. It's when Carrie's trying to convince her mom to let her go to prom. Mom's just like, no, Satan. And he uh, eventually she's just like the powers manifest and she just decides like, I'm doing this mm-hmm. and you can deal with this. And she says, I'm going mama. You can't stop me. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's the well, first glimpse man. of like freedom that Carrie, like freedom and power that Carrie has in the movie. And it just, it's very foreboding. Cause you're like, this is not going to end well. Mom now thinks you're a witch. <laughs> and yeah, I just, I love finally, you know, her standing up for herself and being like, this is happening, so deal with it. Yes. Yeah. It's, no, it's invigorating until it's not.
0: Yeah. Like foreboding is a good word. Yes. So that, that's what I went with.
2: Yeah, that, that, All right. A really good scene.
0: Yeah. 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 The movie just really kicks into high gear, like to around that point. And like that last, yeah, that last 30 minutes is just fucking Perfect. Um, I also chose a pit a bit of dialogue. Mm. Like uh, it's after that. It's 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 when she goes home. Um, you know, and and people are dead. Right, uh, a, a fucking car has exploded and killed like the two biggest pieces of shit in the whole movie. Um, I, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about <laughs> talk about the prom scene. So I'll I'll leave the rest of that. Um, but when Carrie goes home, she's like, "It was bad, Mama. They laughed at me." hold me mama, please hold me. And then the mom responds, I should have killed myself when he put it in me. After the first time before he, before we were married, Ralph promised never again. He promised and I believed him, but sin never dies. Sin never dies. At first it was all right. We lived sinlessly. We slept in the same bed, but we never did it. And then that night I saw him looking down down at me that way. We got down on our knees to pray for strength. I smelled the whiskey on his breath. Then he took me he took me with the stink of his filthy roadhouse whiskey on his breath, and I liked it. I liked it. With all that dirty touching of his hands all over me, I should have given you to God when you were born. But I was weak and backsliding. And now the devil has come home. We will pray. And Carrie says, yes. And then Margaret says the famous words of, we'll pray, we'll pray, we'll pray for the last time, we'll pray. And then the fucking knife comes out. You know, it's just... Oh God! If you don't, if you don't love that, you know, if you're a horror fan, you don't love that scene. Just how fucking like well executed it is, uh, and then of course what happens afterwards. is just fucking incredible stuff. Like Brian De Palma on top of his game there.
1: Yeah. So no hug. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. Oh. Uh,
2: God. Yeah. Any. God. Any. What? This is probably the harshest way to ever tell a kid you don't want them. Yeah to start off by saying i should have killed myself the first time he put it in first off ew i don't want to hear about when dad put it in you mom yeah straight up also like oh wow so you didn't want me that that's cool that's how we're starting this conversation that's the road we're going down right now
0: yeah yeah and i like she's like 17 years old and she's hearing this before like she's about to get stabbed it's just like god it's such a fucking depraved scene
1: I choose to believe that Carrie's dad is Jack Torrance and that's why she has the shine. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, of course, 4 years later we get uh Stanley Kubrick's adaptation and yeah.
0: Yeah. Good god. Yeah. It's,
1: you know, it comes about due to, you know, great trauma and abuse. So, there it is. But uh yeah, what a twisted evil character Margaret White is. Just Oh, Piper Laurie, dude. Oh, Jesus. H god as a weapon it's so freaky i just feel so like every time i watch this i just feel fucking horrible for carrie like you know when you before i heard about this movie i always thought carrie was the bad guy you know
0: yeah 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 that's definitely what you're like that's one of the cool mm. things about it until you see it it's like if you know you know until you really see carrie you're like no carrie's fucking awesome like
2: yeah. they, you're, oh, you're pulling man, you're no.
0: pulling for her.
2: it mm-hmm. yeah. she's, she's pushed to that moment Mm-hmm. you see it you see all the abuse she deals with at home the abuse she deals with mm-hmm. at school and so when you get to that scene it's kind of even as you see the audience it's cathartic you're like yeah they had it coming minus like miss collins i always feel bad in that one but
0: no, hell that's like no fury yeah yeah that's kind of like i don't know there's something beautiful about and i think like miss collins she's like the sacrifice of like all right is it worth it to get rid of all these fucking like straight up heathens that like should <laughs> go to hell is it worth it to also sacrifice like someone who reached their hand out and was good. And it's like, the answer is yes. Like it's, it's, it's mm. worth it to get rid of all these pieces of shit that were like totally picking on her and bullying her the whole movie. Uh, and God knows, you know, there's obviously other stuff that you don't see in between the, you know, in between the lines uh, with the story in the movie, but like, I, I don't know. I love Miss mm. Collins, but like, it's worth it to get rid of all of those bastards along. Mm. If she, if she has to go too
2: when it makes sense because if you watch the scene all Carrie sees is her pushing um, Sue out of the prom and then the bucket thing happens so in her mind she's saying it's like okay she helped with this like that's
1: what she saw he, she, yes th- yeah the hallucinating he, yeah he, in that moment she's like it was all a trick the prom, the prom invite everybody was in on mm-hmm. it all of these fuckers hate me so yeah. I might as well be the monster they think I am
0: yeah, I feel yeah. like we're gonna talk about this yeah <laughs> this is like like uh, I assume so yeah yeah so Caleb what's your uh <laughs> it's so hard not to like it I is the movie really <laughs> what's your annual Morricone award
3: <clears throat>
2: this was a hard one so lot all a good moments I'm willing to pick yeah yeah um but because of a certain thing we keep hitting at I left out anything from that particular scene and I went with because this was I believe if my history is correct the first instance of a fake out ending um do use the way mm. it would be. so i went with the music moment towards the end of the film when you see snoo visiting the, the 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 house where the house was destruction but also kind of became the gravesite for carrie um and you know you think oh she's being nice she's laying, laying the flowers down everything's good and then that hand just sh- and the music's swelling right it's just fucking all nice and sweet and you're you get lulled in, and the next you know, that hand just shoots out. And the music—it's not—it's not like the stupid jump scare music we get so much out. The music literally just changes to like more intense and scary, and you're like, "Oh shit! Oh god! Oh god! No!" And then yes. she wakes up. Yeah. <laughs> like, what I, yep. the hell? Um, so yeah, I love that music moment. It still works. Again, I know some people are like, "Oh, I see it coming." Again, in the context of film history, this was one of the first instances, if not the first. Instance of it being used, and um, kind of talking about what we're talking about with um, you know, Carrie went after everyone. It also leaves the st- creepy indication that she's not done with Sue either. It's correct, correct on how you want to take that scene. Well, I mean, I, we don't
1: yeah. know how strong her powers were, you know, maybe they protected her, maybe she like switched bodies or some shit. Yeah, I don't I, I think Carrie's still out there.
0: Yeah, I, I chose the same thing for my for my yeah. um this yeah this track i believe this score is written by pino Danaggio. is that right i'm pretty yeah. sure um yeah so that that sequence is called because uh, it's on it's like on spotify and, and stuff and i was li- i was listening to it all day today uh well when i could you know connor saw me at work but there are times at work where i can like put in my put in my earbuds and listen to a little bit of music and uh I cherish those moments, and this track is called "The Dream Slash The Nightmare Slash End Titles." It's a six-minute like saga of like like Caleb said, Sue walking with the flowers to like to the grave, Um, and it's like Carrie burns in hell, (laughs) you know, Uh, and then and then it goes to the nightmare bit of the of the song, and it is so fucking good like that is just such a brilliant part of the song and that lasts about a minute and a half and then the movie ends and it has it bleeds into the end title like music and that it it's like goes back to kind of dreamy kind of Rosemary's baby like ah, just like what did I just see <laughs> and God oh, those are my favorite endings in movies period is is just that that everlasting conversation that you can always go back to a movie like Carrie and be like, so what really happened at the end? And it has this, is this, this rewatchability to it. Uh, I, that's the scene I watch the most, is the, that end scene. I just think it's done so well, and it's so frightening uh, knowing what happened before because it's, you know, for Sue, she's like, no, I saw what was about to happen to you with the bucket. I, I was trying to save you. Mm-hmm. I saw what was happening. And and it's it's, it's just so much to that, you know, to that Sue is the one who survived. Everybody else died in the school. Um, Like she carries that with her, that memory. She carries it with her. And whether or not Carrie's alive doesn't really matter for Sue. The trauma that like is with her forever now is like she is there. Doesn't really matter if she is physically or not. She's always going to be fucking with you. And like, that's. My favorite thing about this movie is that it makes it endlessly rewatchable. It makes the story pretty much timeless. And here we are now, you know, almost fifty years later.
2: <laughs> yeah, even though she survived, she has to live with that.
0: Yeah, We're Yep. And I, movie. I would not want to live with that. Like, uh, yeah, I just, I just wouldn't.
2: Yeah. So where would be the the Stephen King supernatural of Carrie's mess with her in her dreams, or that's just literally her PTSD. Correct. Has
1: to deal with. Fucking yeah.
0: a! It's hard being a person. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> very true. Uh, I picked a different moment. Mine is uh, it's after the prom, and Carrie goes home, and mom stabs her. That that music is so fucking sick. Yeah, it's so sad. It's it's the death of love. It's a mother trying to kill her child, and then her yeah. child killing her. And just the music sounds so twisted. It's, you know, love being, like, replaced by fanaticism and just it's a losing battle and it's there's no turning back. Mm -hmm. And you just, you feel this complete absence of any kind of caring in Margaret. It's, I have to kill the witch because God told me to. Ah, and the the music with the noises of the knives
0: as Carrie Mm -hmm. is like, fink, fink. Like, it's just, oh, it's like, it gives me chills just thinking about it. Great it's, pick.
1: It's sad and it hurts and it's creepy. It's just everything.
0: Ugh, yeah. It like it, it's like that. The end of this movie, you feel like you have to take a shower. You're like, oh god, like I was just in filth. Like
1: <laughs> you, you, got drenched in all the blood that Carrie spilt at the prom. Yeah, just pig, pig blood.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That was the other thing. That was like when I was watching the movie, I was like, damn, what's my anal going to be? Because I like the score a lot, and obviously has. Obviously has the the psycho thing going for it that just. Hee, hee, hee. I, I almost picked that. I, I was this close. I almost. Uh, yeah, it's it's brilliant. But e- even the opening credits, it like lulls you in like big time as you go and you go into the shower scene where you're like, I mean, you're it's weird. You're looking at like high school girls who are naked, and it's got the like it's got like the the mist and the like kind of like fog in the showers. It is just it like really starts messing with your head and it opens up with the you know the the period you know the blood and you're like man they're like what what am i watching (laughs) like this is some weird shit but uh you know it's it's brian De Palma, it's stephen king and it's it's horror so it's like just kind of a match made in heaven with all these people
2: oh yeah it's it's weird but like god damn if that opening scene isn't effective and i challenge obviously for females because i cannot imagine something like that happening um you know oh my god most females you know they hit puberty and periods of things start happening um cannot i obviously i'm a, I'm a dude i can't fucking fathom that but even as a guy watches, i'm like that's just oh god like i'm i'm cringing for her i'm embarrassed yeah. god i cannot imagine like you're in a repressive religious household and that's your first time experiencing that it's in that type of setting you don't know what's going on
1: yeah Oh, and you're not brutal. met with it's any brutal. sort of help or sympathy. You are ganged up on and pelted with tampons by screaming people, and all you're thinking is, I'm bleeding to death, and no one's helping me.
2: Yeah, even when yeah. You know, she yelled she, she helped me, she's yelling, then help me, help me. Because she doesn't, she doesn't, you know, she's not prepped that this is. Part of the female puberty expense, part of growing up, just like guys have things we gotta deal with when we get you no know, hit puberty, they have their thing. And it, yeah, it, yeah, it obviously, you know, it's going to hit a lot harder for, you know, females, obviously. Yeah. I challenge any dude to try to sit there and be like, not cringe or even feel a little like sympathy in that moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, this is one of my wife's favorite horror movies, like of all time. And, she loves obviously the like female perspective of it and her getting her revenge later on in the movie on a lot of these people. But yeah, she was talking about that scene. Like they're like exactly what you're talking about, Caleb. And she's like, that's when she made a good point or, and once I thought about it, I was like, Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's actually pretty obvious. Like, like, you know, when that happens, the first thing like Brianna thought the first time she, she said she saw this movie was like, well, who the fuck raised her? You know, like, if she's bleeding and she's freaking out this way, it's like, before we even see Piper Laurie, you're already like, "Who the fuck raised this girl?" Like, who fucked up? Mm. Because she's she's in high school. Like, this is this happens to some girls in middle school. Like, she should know this is coming, and so you already before you even see the crazy Piper Laurie character, a uh, Margaret, you're already like fuck that lady or fuck whatever parents raised her. And I love that. I I love that perspective of how effective that opening five minutes is of just like, Oh my God. Like there's so much to it. And it's, 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 it's incredible. Like this movie doesn't really let up, but I'd say like the beginning and the ending are the most frightening and like kind of thought provoking parts of the movie.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. high school is hell for some people.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's why Stephen King is so great, and obviously too, Brandon Palmer for you know filming the scene and whatnot. Oh but yeah, before yeah. any supernatural stuff happens, you have a real life horror happen.
0: Correct. Yeah, yeah and that's always that's always a good place to like start, like you know one foot forward first and make it real, and then you can kind of you've lulled people in, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, all, all of my favorite horror movies usually do that. Like half the movies, like oh, that yeah, that like does happen or really could happen, and mm-hmm. then you start to kind of mess with things and mess with you know imagination later on. Like a like a hereditary, you know, yeah. something horrible happens to a child, and the rest of the movies like it's gonna get it's gonna start getting weird. Like, I've always appreciated that.
1: You get people in the door with something that's freaky but somewhat relatable, and you keep them there by upping the ante.
2: Yeah, that's
1: that's the that's the perfect horror move. Slowly but surely. Yeah, yeah.
2: Because Brianna's Brianna's right. Because like you watch that. Because yeah, I get where she's coming from. That you raised her. Because unfortunately, in real life, there are, and it tells us as an audience what kind of her upbringing is. Because unfortunately, in real life there are religious not jobs like that that do sure. not tell their kids these things where they're you know male or female they don't tell them these things they do treat it like you know carrie's mom does and they, those people yes. do this and that is also a part of the horror of that seems that like obviously yes you know that's a very good point you're like who the hell raised her and then when you do see it's like oh shit people like this are out there and they exist there are at people that will not talk about this with their kids and their kids yeah "Yeah, when this shit happens
0: yeah it's that's the scariest part of this movie is fucking piper (laughs) Lori. she's (laughs) so fucking evil um all right well let's get into the best performance of the movie i I, for me it's down to two people but i don't know about you guys
2: it was down two people for me yeah connor
1: I don't know. Travolta's is really pulling cool, in some great work here. I mean, that <laughs> alone is worth noting. Just the way he talks to that fucking pig. Yeah, like <laughs> that. Carrie sure is cute. You shut up. But yeah, it's,
3: <laughs>
1: I don't know. Yeah, but you're right. It's between two people. It's it's between
0: mother and daughter. It's between Sissy and Piper. It's just what you think is more effective. You know, Sissy obviously is really carrying the movie. Ah, Carrie. Uh, and she's you know pretty much in every shot, but when Piper Lori comes to the screen, she fucking brings the heat. So I don't know what do you, what do you value more, Uh Caleb?
2: I had long debate on this throughout the entire runtime of the film. Me too. Like, <laughs> they're both bringing it. I am giving this one my 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 hat is in the ring on Sissy Spacek. Okay, so this is a very early role for her she it is a clear evidence of like again and i guess this also boils down to having seen the remake and literally even getting someone that just looks the part enough or you know that and again i'm not i don't want to even think like i'm insulting sissy spacex looks but like you know looks the homely part enough right for the role as we saw when you get someone like Grace Christmas that you you don't believe it right off the bat as soon as you say you're like I, right, you can try yeah. all to act this but i don't believe it um she looks at it, and she brings the performance. She is just fucking superb, um, with how she is, you know. With even the, with how she's saying, you know, Mama, and like, one of my actually, we didn't talk about one of the other scenes is when you know Miss White hears about the incident at school, and Carrie comes home, and she's reading the Bible verse, and she's sitting there going, "You should have told me, Mama. You should have told. I didn't send Mama." And like, such a gripping scene. Yeah. And like both of them just going off of each other and, and then seeing like when, you know, she's defiant at first and then suspect finally goes, you know, she says it because, you know, she's getting hit and stuff. And she finally says it all the way to, and I, I don't, again, I don't get too much into the prom sequence, but <laughs> all, the to, all the way through to that part of the movie, when you see Carrie so happy, so joyful and you as audience are rooting for her, I saying, I'm going fucking you go, girl, you have your moment. You deserve it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah and um getting in obviously that that switch she flips when the big moment happens and you just see determination and anger and hatred and yeah i i can't talk enough about sissy Spacek in this role um i do remember um the short-lived uh castle rock on hulu i remember when they announced her coming back because she's pretty much retired um going back to do this because it's Stephen king property and that just tells you just i I feel like that tells you so much of how she felt working on this film what it means to her especially the fan reaction to it that she was all those years later said like i will come back for this stephen king property and play a different character and guess what she was one of the best fucking parts to that first season there's a mm-hmm. whole episode dedicated she has i forget what it was she you know had some kind of thing going on in the show and there's a whole episode they dedicated to just like just her character and it was one of the best fucking episodes she was acting her Asshole. circles around everyone, so like yeah, sissy spacek, all the way.
0: Hell yeah, I love that. I yeah, I respect that a lot. Just, nothing wrong with nothing wrong with that perspective. And uh Connor, I, I'm wondering if
1: you're gonna counter it. You know, if you turn the movie off before the bucket drops, this is a beautiful film about a, how a high school rallies around the outcast and gives her one night of happiness. <laughs> anyway, um. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just so devastating um yeah caleb's right sissy Spacek is incredible in this movie but i gave it to piper lori i knew it i knew you would do that yeah you you've uh, you've
0: this is your trademark connor you always uh you always take that supporting uh, heat check performance
1: I love a good bad good, guy. We'll when, have a, we have a tiebreaker now with Austin, and you're done, Connor. <laughs> yeah, it's, I love a good bad guy. I love a character who is just so sadistic and so self absorbed, like Margaret White. She doesn't care about anything but God's plan, even if she has to enforce it. Like, from the moment you meet her, she's just, you know, parading literature to people who don't want it. And everyone's like, oh, it's Margaret. oh oh, jesus yeah Yeah. like like here's here's five you know what here's ten dollars yeah sue's mom is like on the phone is like let me just get rid of her and then i'll call you back yeah yeah like margaret can hear her anyway um yeah and then when we meet you know when we finally get an interaction between her and her daughter it's just sad and depressing and freaky when she drags carrie into the closet with carrie screaming and just is like you know pray for Pray for God's forgiveness. And I'm just like, fuck, man. These people exist.
2: Yeah. It's these like, people- dude, it's, yeah, you're like, lady, your daughter had her period for the first time. What the fuck are you doing?
1: Yeah. Nobody, no, no, like the school didn't send a counselor over or ever. No, because the
2: principal kept calling her Casey.
1: Yeah. That, yeah. That scene pisses me off so much. He's, he's called her Cassie Wright like five times. And yeah. that's when she, that's when she,
0: you know, yeah. Has her powers and the ashtray goes flying. He yeah.
1: keeps getting like he keeps cor- getting corrected and is just ignoring it. Like I, I get it. If, you know, if I had the principal calling me Conrad like six times in a row, it would piss me off. So, oh. uh, Con- Con- Conrad. Was-
0: Conrad's a cool fucking name though. If
2: anything, she was restrained. I would have done a scanners move on that fucking principal. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's that'd be a hell of a way to show that the power. Like just no ashtray, just blow up the principal's head. From the yeah. get go that, Jesus. um, yeah, then, then we have no movie, yeah, change <laughs> my yeah. name again, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I, the big what, what, what switched it for me was this there's this story that uh, Piper Lori was under the impression she was making a comedy, uh, her like, she what, like to, a like a fucking hocus pocus, or like what, yeah, what? like she thought this was supposed to be over the top, hammy. So she played it as this like, you know, crazy religious zealot who's not to be taken seriously. And Brian De Palma was like, you're doing great, but this is supposed to be serious. And she was like, there's no way. No, nobody would ever do this. (laughs) Like Piper Laurie had to be told like, no. So the fact that she was doing a performance for a movie that she didn't know she was making, that's fucking awesome.
2: What I love is that they told her. I love the idea that proms like no wait like no it's a horror you didn't go with like it's a horror movie she went no 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 you're making a comedy
3: yeah yeah
2: I
1: I got this
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and That's she's a just...
1: Director <laughs> yeah and she's absolutely terrifying uh, and at the end when she just gets the knife and just without fucking hesitation stabs her daughter in the back like this is yeah she... underly... yeah like yeah. She's fantastic, and I don't know if anybody else could have pulled that off the way that she does. She just she toes that line between like almost you know too crazy and scary. She's on that line just perfectly the whole time.
2: They uh, they can't because I've seen the remake, and while Julianne Moore does a decent job, she's not compared to Piper Laurie.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Just that movie just did not need to be made because I love Julianne Moore, but come on, like she just doesn't have that, that in her, uh, in her arsenal. Um, like Piper Laurie does. I mean, I love, yeah, I love Julian, but yeah, no, it's ain't working. Uh, man. Yeah. I thought about this all day. You know, this is to me, this is the toughest. I thought about this more than I thought about the Deacons. Um, the Deacons is, you know, was pretty easy for me to choose. Um, uh, <laughs> But, man, and, you know, I, I've read tidbits about both of them just because it's like, man, what do you got to do to do this? Right. And, you know, the, the reason I'm going to side with our, with the lead with uh, Sissy Spacek is um, she she did some pretty, pretty, pretty gnarly stuff to, to get prepared for this. And. I'm, I'm a big, big fan of if someone carries a movie, huh, yeah, I keep saying that uh, and does a good job. Does a worthwhile job and has lasted this long. It, you know, her name is the movie and she's on the DVD cover by herself. You know, when you think of Carrie, you think of Sissy Spacek and that kind of strawberry blonde, reddish hair, you know. It's just it's one of those iconic things that I can't can't really look past. And, you know, I, I then I was like, yeah, but Piper Laurie's like truly, truly great in that movie. Uh and then I then I read about Sissy. I read about she was locking herself away before before filming this movie. She was locking herself into rooms by herself, and she was practicing, um, like positions that she. she let me let me rewind. She was reading a a Bible, an illustrated version of the Bible. Uh, I can't remember really the guy's name that that wrote it. Uh, I believe this is like one of those tidbits that's on IMDb. It's also like on anything you you when you read trivia about Carrie, Car- Car- this always comes up. Uh, I can't really guys name, but he has an illustrated version of the Bible with like pictures and stuff. And she was looking through that and she found um, pictures of people being stoned for their sins in this illustrated Bible. And she practiced those positions so that a lot of the scenes, whether it be in the shower where she's kind of like, you know, scrunched down and like looking like this, you know, like doing one of these things. She, she literally in every scene, like almost every frame, At one point, looks it looks like somebody from a different century that's about to get bashed in for her for just being her. Basically, everybody else thinking that it's like a a problem with her, her sins or whatever it is. And this is a young woman doing this, you know, dedicating herself to the craft, creating a creating a path, quite frankly, for herself as a as as now a career performer, someone who's been around for fucking five decades. And it's because when you do stuff like this at that age in your twenties, people respect it. People give you, a, you know, a recognition and awards recognition, and horror fans certainly appreciate it. And I, I don't know. I just there's something about what she did here that is like, fuck. I don't know if this movie would have worked with other people. Um, I'm not quite sure anybody at that time has what Piper Lori's doing either. I think Piper Laurie's doing, she's doing something really special too, but I really think there is no one who can quite do the sissy basic thing that she's doing in Carrie. Um, she was like 26 years old when she, when she played this part. It is just a fucking lights out performance and one of those that just seeps into your brain and like you have no, you have no way of getting it out. Yeah. I gotta go with her, man. She did some cool stuff to prep for it, but I love that Piper Laurie bit, though. She was like, it, she was in a different realm than everybody else, and it makes sense.
1: I read the trivia bit, and she still to this day is like, "Yeah, it was a black comedy."
0: Yeah, like yeah, she I won't, swear she will accept yeah.
1: it. She was like, "This is too over the top to be real."
2: Does she does she just not think that are there are people like that in real life?
1: No, she doesn't. She said that. Um, yeah, she said the characterization the wardrobe was laughable the dialogue was humorous like it was too over the top fanatical to be taken seriously that's hilarious she's like this does not exist this is crazy and they just let her do what she wanted to do i mean, <laughs> I mean fantastic
2: I mean, yeah. if i was upon i'd be like you know what let's just play this out let's see how this works out
0: <laughs> i love it i love it do you guys know that Sissy Spacek is uh is texan mm-hmm. i did i did know that Fuck yeah! And she was born on Christmas
1: Day. Isn't that weird? She's God's gift to filmmaking. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, can't,
2: <laughs> I can't remember if she moved back to. Ta- I know she. She doesn't live in Hollywood. Like she, like, I don't think she really lived in Hollywood to begin with. But when she like retired, she got the hell out and moved to a whole different state. Like she lives a very quiet life now. That's why it was like when Castle Rock was like coming out, and they were like, "Hey, we got Sissy Spacek." I was like, "Holy shit, you got Sissy Spacek to come back to." A Stephen King thing? Like what the fuck? And like I so said, she she delivered in that first season.
1: Yeah. That that show had such potential. God damn it. It
2: got canceled. I really like the second season. Yeah.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Sad. Sad stuff. <laughs> uh all right. Let's let's talk about the prom scene. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, yeah, the Roger Deacons, the Roger Deacons Award. The thing for me is like, all right, which part? Like <laughs> what like, like for for you, Caleb, what is the
2: best part, or is
0: it the whole fucking you know twenty well, minutes?
2: Say, look, I cheated the moment they go to prom, the, the death of all students I put down. It just <laughs> <laughs> there's there's everything in this film from you know, like I said, that you're finally as an audience member, you're rooting for Carrie so much that when you see how happy she is, it is it's sweet, it's very sweet. But at the same time, you're, especially if you've seen this before, it's painful because you're like, fuck, I know it's going to happen. And you see how happy she is, how much fun she's having. And you get classic De Palma fucking camera work in this when they're dancing and that camera's just swooping around them and stuff. And it's almost like you're watching. It almost feels like mag- it feels magical. It's a magical feeling when you're watching it in that part. And you're like, like I so said, you can't get from it. You forget. You forget of what's to come. You're like, you know what? Fuck yeah, Carrie. This is your night you are the queen you got this and then from the one shot of watching them fuck with the ballots which yeah. is a, technically an amazing moment when you just see how it's just the camera doesn't quit it just keeps tracking tracking yes um, so yes the the pigs you see the pig's blood on the buck in the bucket um and then obviously the the, the moment itself right and then well before that even then when you she gets named prom queen and the she has that moment of happiness and the music swelling you're like yes she has it she won she got it you know you know it's cheating probably you still kind of like well she she's having a moment and then that pig's blood comes down and you the from Sissy SpaceX performance to like the music that when the camera's showing all the people laughing and you get the line saying, heard in her head they're they're laughing at you they're all going to laugh at you yeah. And they're just absolute destruction. She rots. Yeah, this scene, like, the film, I mean, everything, I'm not saying, like, this film was great through and through. Not. It's not like anything else is lackluster in this film. But for a movie that, like, going into it, you know what it's building to. If you don't know, you have an idea, like, this is what it's building to. This is what the film and the book itself wants to get to. Yeah. And it
1: fucking delivers on all accounts. Fuck yeah. God. Connor, you chose the same thing, I assume. I did. Yeah. I mean, come on. How do you not? Me too. Me too. Yeah. It's it's the scene that defines the movie. It's on the fucking poster. It's like no movie spoils the 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 big moment like Carrie does. It's you know, Carrie's at the prom, and it, it's become a you know when when a woman like when a teenager has a flip out moment, they're like, oh, it's Carrie at the prom. Like it's become a a term.
0: Yeah, it's a part of our like
1: our pop culture and our language now. And it's, it is like, it's a, it's a Cinderella story, you know, By and, uh, it's Carrie at the prom and she's enjoying herself. And this dude is just like, I, I don't, I can never tell if Tommy Ross is really sincere about all this. He seems sincere, but I don't buy it. Uh, I, remember,
2: I think if I recall in the book, he was sincere, but that was in the book.
1: Yeah, in the movie, it's like, do I have to? And Sue's like, yes, you have to.
2: I do like when they're having the argument with Miss Collins and Tommy. You can so it's just like the re- typical guy,
1: like, look, I'm just here right now. Do you? Know, yeah. I don't want to yeah. do. It. You don't want me to do it? Okay, cool. I don't want to do it either. Yeah. Fucking his D. Snyder hair and his just you know Tom Cruise smile. Like, who wouldn't trust this guy? Yeah,
0: I, I, I don't know. I I do like the scene when Miss Collins went, when when. Um. When he's Tommy's like, well, like, why is it such a big deal? And she's like, it is a big deal to carry like you fucking numb nut. Like, like to some people, things do matter. And like inclusion does matter. You're Tommy Ross. Everybody likes you. You're fucking Mr. Popular. Doesn't matter to you.
1: The whole entire school can't understand what Carrie's feeling because they just see her as the weirdo. There's yeah. no like, You know, she's the one with the re- religious nut mom who doesn't. You know, who fucks up at the volleyball games, doesn't know what a period is, and is just weird. So, there's no sympathy whatsoever. And these popular kids, you know, you really blame Sue for all this shit. But, um, I kind of, you all laugh when Tommy gets knocked out by the bucket. Oh yeah,
2: his reaction is hilarious. Yeah.
1: Like,
2: ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. if I found the book, it's described a lot more harshly. I'm pretty sure he died. Oh,
1: right. the bucket killed him in the book. Yeah. And the bucket kills him.
2: Yeah. It's a yeah. lot more graphic. In the movie's like, oh, he got knocked out. Oh. Ho, ho. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you, you know, you just love seeing Carrie get even, just finally stick it to these assholes. It's like you want. A weirdo, you fucking got one. <laughs> and, yeah, just like when she's shot, she electrocutes the teachers. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, it's a brilliant it's bit. Yeah, the Especially. split screen—it's so well, well
0: shot. Oh, dude, um, Brian De Palma's split screen is second to nobody.
2: <laughs> He—that dude had almost a pornographic fascination with split screen. It is, yeah, yeah, such a sexual pleasure. I feel like, <laughs> <I'm> yeah. <there.
0: laughs> He, he is getting his creative rocks off for about a, a straight hour and a half during this movie. There's so many amazing shots. So many, like from, from close up to tracking shot to, 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 to just nasty, like, you know, pig blood on this girl focusing on her eyes. Like, I, I, this is just like a feast. It's a fucking visual feast, the prom scene. And it's very hard to look away. This is not. This is not a movie where you're kind of like ah, looking on your phone a little bit here and there, you know, whatever. Even if you're rewatching it, it's just like, God, this is this is damn good filmmaking and such a engaging story. Uh, the more I talk about it, the more uh, the more I like it, and uh, I definitely haven't e- ever talked about it at this length. And so, um, this movie fucking rules, man. And that uh, this has to be one of the most uh, iconic scenes. Of all time, because of how long it is and like what it means, the slow buildup, how well executed it is, and it bleeds into you know the she fucking sets the school on fire and and everybody in there burns like it's their own little personal hell and uh, and then she kills fucking Chris and and Billy while they're in the car. That's an excellent scene. That's my the car the car like
1: boom, flips over and you're like oh man that was sick. That's my favorite bit because. Chris and Billy left before Carrie got started. Yes. So Chris was just fully ready to just run Carrie down. Yeah. Like she didn't give a shit about what happened at prom. She was just like, "There's Carrie." Like she just yeah. that was it. And Carrie flips that car and lights those fuckers up. It's it's great.
0: It's yeah, it's fucking brilliant. All the yeah. all the way to the scene where she goes home, and it's like, man, what an epic fucking thirty minutes of 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 horror filmmaking.
2: Yeah, yeah man. It's, and again, Stephen King bullies, they are willing to kill the fucking person they're bullying. It's a scary trope.
3: Puts oh my all God.
1: Shit. Yeah. Chris, whatever her last name was, Ace Merrill, uh Henry Bowers, they're all just like fucking m- murderers who keep getting like held back in school. They're always like 20. And, <laughs> and they're always fucking crazy. Yeah. They're scarier than the monsters, man. <laughs>
3: Oh man God
2: Brilliant stuff This is great uh, what, what a cool movie <laughs> yeah, I, I really tried to pick a different thing I was like I gotta pick something different And then the props you know, I was like I can't It seems it's good It's,
0: it's impossible Yeah Yeah I, yeah, I mean Yeah I, re- I don't know I was like I was like Let me pinpoint a moment And it's like Well I don't know if I can do that either uh, I, I do love I do love when it goes to slow-mo mm And when uh, Miss Collins is like grabbing Sue and you see Chris and Billy looking onto the stage and like, they see what's happening and they're like, all right, it's fucking go time, you know? And it's in slow-mo. The music's fucking creepy and weird and kind of like, a feel like you're in a dream state. Let's talk about Norma for a second. Fuck that bitch. Norma's the girl with the hat. I can't stand her. And that she looks dumb as shit. Like, like it, how is she one of the head bullies at this
2: school I, uh, i've met that actress in real life that's pj souls from uh, halloween there you go yeah. yeah yeah this is totally the whole fucking movie. <laughs> yeah yeah I've, that, I've met her me and josh met her at, uh, at a cryptocon. super nice lady
0: yeah I, that's good because she's not nice in um and carrie you should have told her like hey why are you such a bitch in that movie <laughs>
2: She was in that, and then she's in Devil's Reject. She has them all the... the when Captain ah. Spawn goes off on her kid about, like, why don't you think clowns are fucking funny? <laughs> so she's a big fan of
1: horror, I guess. Yeah, yeah, she's a lot of work in horror. That's cool. Yeah. I think it's funny <laughs> how many of the bullies, like, also look like outcasts. Like, by 70s standards, you know? Like, Yeah. They don't look popular, but they're more popular than Carrie. And that's how they, that's how they avoid getting singled out is they go after Carrie too. It, mob mentality. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking well, And
2: hard. also what I've learned now that, you know, obviously I'm 10 years removed from my high school graduation. Um, sometimes popularity isn't even based on looks and stuff. A lot of times it's based off the parents, social standing in the town.
3: mm.
1: Yeah, that's true. It, it and it bleeds into the kids. You know what I mean? It, that happens a lot too. I was so blind to that shit in high school. I just didn't give a fuck. I didn't even notice like if there were clicks. I didn't care. Nobody bothered me. I didn't bother anybody. So I yeah, never- we got
2: lucky like, in our high school. But I'm just saying, like I've noticed that with the popular kids, like yes, obviously it does, but you know, like, it's usually your you so your more quote unquote attractive, you know, kids. But um. It, I have noticed that sometimes it is some of the social standing that parents have it just like bleeds into like the kids standing in school. Yeah. Yep,
1: the plastics. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the pl- yeah, the Plastics. It's great. Wow. Oh man. Yeah. God,
0: what a great movie! What a great movie. Uh, I have got. I've got a few more questions before we get out of here. I know we're we're going for. We've been going for a long time, but this has been a blast. Um, at the 49th Academy Awards, uh, we have. Sissy Spacek was up for Best Actress. She lost to Faye Dunaway. Uh, she won for Network. Um, Talia Shower was also up for uh, Rocky. Liv Ullman for Face to Face, and Marie Christine Barolt for Cousin Cousine. I don't
1: know how to say that. Um, I don't know, Connor. Have we ever talked about that movie? I've never heard of that. Yeah, uh, that's French romantic like, comedy. That's why. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know we've done, we've done. That <laughs> <laughs> we've done
0: we've done Rocky on the show, but I don't think we like were looking at the categories like this back then when we did Rocky. Um so Sissy's basic loses. Uh oh man, Faye Dunaway is a tough one. Tough one to beat. But I don't know. I give it to Sissy.
1: You give it to Faye Dunaway for Chinatown, and you give it to Sissy for Carrie.
0: I agree. I agree with that. Faye Dunaway is a, a fucking angel. So um I'm cool. I'm cool with her getting in movies Connor not in real life
1: <laughs> yeah it's like hold on <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah
0: I saw your face like no she's not I'm like well none of these fucking people are angels they're all fucking animals uh, <laughs> the the people we talk about and praise are not great uh, but she's awesome on the screen um, yeah so Sissy's basic I'll give her the win uh, best supporting actress <laughs> Beatrice Strait won for Network uh, Jane Alexander was up for All the President's Men Jodie Foster for taxi driver, Lee Grant for Voyager the Damned and Piper Laurie for Carrie. I might give this to Jodie Foster.
1: I'm not giving it to Beatrice Straight. I mean, she's good yeah. in her one scene in In Network, but not for not for an Oscar. Yeah, I fucking love Network, but no, yeah, I agree with you. I I give this to Piper Laurie. I just okay. love that she had her own little she was in her own little world while she was filming this. It's like, yeah, oh, this is so kind of- funny. Just thinking, like, oh, the the premiere is going to be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Get my popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. I just so think, think it was written...
3: hmm?
2: You think she's sad that premiere? Like wondering why no one's laughing. She's like, why yeah. is no one laughing? I, I
1: hope she owned it and was cackling the whole time.
0: Yeah, like making people uncomfortable next yeah. to her. Like it's fuck? just like, what,
1: like, what is this a funeral? Come on. <laughs> <It's> just. <laughs> yeah. God.
2: <laughs> I, I would, based off my limited knowledge of these films outside of Carrie, I would give the I would give the of Sissy* space and Piper, Piper Laurie. Yeah. yeah,
0: they're both they're both great. Both deserve all kinds of acclaim.
2: Um, I
0: mean, I I don't know. It probably should have been up for other random shit, you know. Um, hell, even oh, the best picture this, group's pretty pretty fucking good. It's this hard. is a
2: film I'd argue for best editing. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah,
1: that's that's a good call. Yeah, 100% editing. No. I would this 100% should be a contender for best adapted screenplay. OK. Yeah.
2: Um, Is there a music one we can give it?
1: Score? Oh, yeah. 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 Best original score.
2: Now,
0: yeah. now here's the thing. Here's the thing about best original score, though. It might be nominated, but I don't think it's beating Jerry Goldsmith's The Omen.
1: Oh fuck! No 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 no! Oh yeah, I would, I would at least
2: give it the nomination, but yeah, no. The okay, I do like quite a bit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. The omen.
0: Jerry Goldsmith is putting in a shift on that one. Um,
1: what about cinematography. Yeah,
0: cinematography is a fuck good yeah. shout out. Yeah, that's a good shout. Um, yeah, this is a good year though. There's some good fucking movies from 1976. Um. I, <sighs> Yeah, cinematography. I mean, you got network, Logan's Run, King, King
2: Kong, <laughs> Bound mm, for Glory, and we can get is ready going. King Kong. That yeah, gone, I can go. Yeah, yeah. we've we've, we've done the
1: work. It does not deserve to be here. I yeah,
0: I totally agree. I, even if something is good in a movie, uh, I, I I like if a, a particular you know whatever. If some if the cinematography is good, but the movie sucks, I don't I I don't know. I don't like really recognizing. If the movie's not good and doesn't last and doesn't hold up, I just I don't know. I just don't care. Like I'd rather something that like Carrie that still is in conversations get that nomination. What I'm mean? with you hundred
1: percent. The the phrase Academy Award winning film Suicide Squad still hurts to say.
0: Yeah, it's just like really that shit I get, I get like that particular part of the movie was fine, but it wasn't it's though. but it sucked. It was like, the, movie, no,
2: it wasn't. the movie was a joke. And also, like King Kong did not have good cinematography, so I don't even know why it was. Yeah, like, it was not a good film with not good cinematography. Like Carrie, De Palma has always, and it's not just Carrie. De Palma has always been a technical wizard. Yeah, he's a freak. Yeah, like yeah,
3: he sh-
0: he should have been up for best director. Um, you know, I I don't know who I would take out because I've seen Rocky, I've seen Network, and I've seen all the President's Men, but I have not seen Face to Face or Seven Beauties, so it's hard to like say one of those should be taken out. But yeah, De Palma is. Just a fucking freak of nature. Like he's, you kind of know when like uh, he he's done a lot of different movies, but you kind of know when you're watching a De Palma film, you're like, yeah, that crazy bastard's behind the you know, camera right
2: now. It's like the 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 swooping shots and the split screens, and then you get in this one where you have like someone super focused up front, yeah, the weird thing going on in the back, and you're like, okay, I'm watching a De Palma movie. That's yeah, what I'm watching right now.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Carrie should have made more of a splash, but I am glad it was included. Yeah, we got to have this show. We got to have a lot of fun. We did a big old draft.
0: We talked about Carrie. for Actually, I, we talked about it longer than I thought we would. Uh, once we got going, I was like, okay, we like this movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's always that's always fun. It's always a good feeling. That's why we do the awards, because you don't really fucking know where it's going to go. You don't know which parts of the movie affected everybody. Uh, we, were, uh, we were on the same page a lot. We just had a lot to say about the things we liked. And that's why we fucking do it. Um, but yeah, we'll get the hell out of here. Um, uh, let's see, this week, this week's very random and going to be a lot of fun. On Filmgasm, uh, we're going to be talking about Terrifier. Uh, Terrifier 2 is out, you know, and it's it's got a really cool wave of horror fans that are really into it. And so it'll be kind of cool to talk about those two movies, you know, kind of in tandem uh, on, on a good fa- old-fashioned Filmgasm and then on beyond the bad correct me if i'm wrong but it's octopussy
2: yes so originally yes. i'll go ahead and say originally it was the conqueror that is hard to find and i um, get it i know why Um <laughs> i'm very aware yes <laughs> so i had to come up with a last minute um option and i was like you know what let's see we haven't done james bond yet um so i like this, it yeah this one i picked I actually watched it right after I watched Carrie, so I've already watched it for the episode. And yeah, it's an interesting edition. I'm yeah, very happy.
1: Yeah. I'm very happy because, frankly, I I don't know if I could have sat through the Conqueror again. That movie is abysmal, and I'm so tired of talking about John Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah.
2: Now we just get to talk about an aging Roger Moore's transpond.
0: There you go. That's more interesting. Yeah. Uh and then next week on this show, uh, Connor and I are gonna be doing a movie that neither of us have ever seen, but we've always had it on kind of our, our back burner. And that's Tootsie, nineteen eighty-two. Uh, it's hitting its fortieth anniversary uh this year, and so we wanted to kind of shout out a movie that we know we should see and we should check out and talk about. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. We'll probably do some sort of eighties discussion uh, to start that show. I can't wait. But um, yeah, keep following us on Facebook, Twitter instagram at filmgasm check out the site for new reviews uh connor was in germany for germany slash england for like a fucking week and he's back now so i assume he will be shredding through a lot of movies uh in the coming weeks uh as we are in kind of spooky season which is always fun so uh we'll see you guys on wednesday and keep watching movies